Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast here on episode number 127 here on monday april the 29th 2019 we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i am joe Morata. that is michael quinn how you doing michael Howdy, diddy. Well, Michael, we're back here. Our last episode of April. You got to clear your throat there a little bit, pal. Oh, I didn't even hear it. I, was there a, was there a slam in there? A little flummy in there. Oh, but boy. folks, thanks for uh, clearing your day to uh, listen to OVP. Here. It is spring fever. It is. Yeah, it's no. very feverish. As we, uh, we'll be romping you through the world of retro wrestling for the next hour and 40-something minutes or so. But before we get to any of our unbelievably retro topics... I just want to remind you guys, if you have a Twitter, you can follow us there at OVP Podcast, and you can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there is a really nice place on the internet to talk to me and you and a bunch of other retro wrestling fanatics, and it's over on Facebook. Yeah, it's not a place to be. It's no. Not, he said a nice place. I don't want to get anybody confused <laughs> No, here. no, no, no. It's over at Facebook.com slash place to be uh, not nation. Um, it's a good website. It has Facebook on that site. Yeah, obviously. there's pictures of faces and books you know, and stuff whole, on it. The whole UI. Yeah, the UI. Business. It has a search bar in said UI, right? In the UI. You type our vantage point, death, retro wrestling podcast. You know, the tubes and the stuff, and now gore and things. Kaflui! Kaflui, as Joe always says. <laughs> yes. yeah, it all happens. It all really. happens there. Phone calls are made, and emails things. and faxes. Yeah, it, the phones are ringing off the hooks. Telegrams. Then you see the tubes going, like, you know, the pneumatic <laughs> yeah. tubes. And then you're in. That's it. Basically, after all of that. And then you can post the giffies, the jiffies, the, the pictures, the questions, the, the, questions, the comments, the answers, <laughs> the concerns, the SATs. <laughs> I, the cat tests. Yeah. Uh, no, but really, it's don't cheat on your SATs over here, though. Don't do it. We don't do that. But no, it's a really fun time because we talk about all sorts of things from retro wrestling, whether it's the NWA, the WCW, the WF, the NWO, uh, the NWO, right? Anything like that. Australian wrestling, sure. Why Australian not? Australian tag matches. Yes, exactly. Come one, come all, and come on over to our Facebook group. It really is a fun time. And later on in the show, we'll have some detailed info on our Patreon, but we do have, if you want to donate, this is not a uh, Ponzi scheme over here, but we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. There's some cool rewards tiers there. Extra content. Yeah, extracurricular activities, if right. you will. But uh, Quinn, all season long, we've been talking about a segment that we have named a star to a jobber. Can you sum up what that segment means? Basically means you won a lot and then you lost a lot and you still kind of weren't like old or something. You, right. You, 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 were, you know, you could have done something else. Instead, you just lost like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you had a push and then you didn't have a push anymore. I right. guess the opposite of a push is a pull. Right. They pulled you. Uh, they pulled them. You know, they, is, that, was, is, that, is that the business term? No, I just made that it? up. Okay. But well, we're going to coin that here. It's coined. It's a pull. It's, it's the opposite of a push. Yeah. They, you get pulled. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about various people. We've talked about the Renegade. 
Mm-hmm. We've talked about Barry Darso and Axe and his shellfish and all that. Yeah, all that business. <laughs> talked about Pal Penis last week. Yeah, he was a guy. That's sure. one, right? Yeah. Remember, remember the choppy peepee? Yeah, guy? choppy yeah. peepee. And uh, last uh, two weeks ago, we talked about Vader, the WF run of Vader. Right, the WF, of course, not the WC. <laughs> no, not the WC. Uh, but this Water week, closet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this week, Calco Chris will be happy because this week, Quinn, it's about Doink. It is about Doink. Wow, the Doinkster, huh? Yeah, we talked about him. Been a long time in full. It's been yeah. quite a while since we've done a segment on the Doinker there. And uh, man, I mean, you know who Doink is? He was the clown. Right. Yeah, no shit. There's only one Doink. I don't really remember there being another wrestling clown. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Besides Alabama Doink. Besides other Doinks. <laughs> right. Like, there's only one Doink. Yeah, there was only like one the Doink. There was only one wrestling clown that I knew of anyway. Right. And now, was, there was multiple people who played Doink. Oh, though. many, many yeah. people. Uh, there's only one really good one, though, and he'll be the focus of a good part of this character. Because in late 92, Maniac Matt Bourne, who had had a stint in the WCW as a Big Josh. Right, and also a stint in the WF as... Matt, Matt Bourne. Bourne. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He came back to the WF and they gave him a gimmick, uh, an unnamed gimmick at first of what appeared to be somewhat of a sadistic clown that would play tricks on kids and stuff like that and pop balloons and yeah, things. Yeah, this, and- this is a great gimmick. I have to admit, uh, very forward thinking for WF of like 1993, which they suck. WF 93? Yeah, yeah. Quinn's not a fan. Pablo Melons is. Uh, right. But I will say this, Quinn. From the surface, like just a cursory look at it, it looks really stupid, like, ah, oh, come on, a wrestling clown. But Matt Bourne made the whole thing work throughout yeah, 93. Because, okay, so here's the thing is, I think ECW elaborated this on it more later on. Yes. But he was sadistic. Like, he yes. was, like, screwed up in the head. You know yeah, what I that mean? was the it, implication. It, that was the implication, and it was dark. Oh, gosh. I'd be sorry, because what I did once with a smile on my face, I'll do twice without he had this weird music where it was like it started with the clown like happy yeah. music, but then it was like <laughs> yeah, but then like kids crying. Yeah, and it was stuff. crazy. And it's kind of like this weird. First of all, again, this is for children, right? Like, so this character, yeah. a character that explicitly picks on children. That's what he did. Like, advertised to children. Like, right. It's almost like the ultimate child heel. Like, yeah, you know really, I mean? right? Like, yeah. And Bobby Heenan was one of the announcers that did a great job of getting over two things about Doink. Mm-hmm. That he could actually wrestle. Right. Remember, Bobby would always say that. Like He went to, like, advanced clown wrestling yeah. school or something. <laughs> he had a master's in it. And... Bobby was very instrumental in getting him over as like a sick, demented person because in 93 WF, you couldn't do a ton of things that push the envelope. So within the confines of like their own imposed, you know, limitations, yeah. he was just supposed to be like a, a psychopath, basically, like yeah. a sicko that wrestled in a clown suit. Watch how the expression changes. Look at the eyes. This man is sick. I like him. Like you said, the limitations were a problem. And, you know, nowadays they probably do like, the Joker from Dark Knight, and he blow up a car. Or some well, yeah, shit. exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and he why so serious? Like, right. that's like what Doink would be now, right? But this is the year of Giant Gonzalez, right? <laughs> you know, and shit like so that. They couldn't be that dark. He can't no. like kill people. No, <laughs> right? There was no killing. You know, in, in, if, it, if there was Lucha Underground, Doink be he killing. would definitely kill people. Well, he'd but, kill Conan, who's right, already dead yeah. anyway. But so Doink, uh, as Matt Bourne, great wrestler, had a, a handful of really good matches against Marty Jannetty on Raw. Mr. Perfect on Raw, 
the Bret Hart Lawler thing that I always talk about at Very SummerSlam good. 93. Yeah. And he was so damn good at playing this character that by the summer of 93, people were starting to cheer the heel doink. Right. But of course, Vince McMahon in his infinite stupidity doesn't <laughs> understand like what that means. Right. So he just makes him like a kid friendly like, yeah, I'm good and I have midgets and stuff <laughs> like that's like what he became. Right. <laughs> I know. He's think. He's Dink! I'm going to call him Dink! He's Dink! He's Ladies Dink, Brian! So two things happened at the end of uh, the summer of 93 that both led to pretty much the immediately immediate devaluization and appeal of the Doink character. A, he turned face, like we said. Right. Uh, he threw the water on Bobby Heenan, and he started picking a fight with Bam Bam. But another thing happened. After maybe only a taping cycle or two... Matt Bourne left the WWF. So Matt Bourne briefly played the face doink. Uh, I'll have a whopper with, uh, uh, hold the mayo, extra pickles. I like mustard too. Two mustards, please. Ooh, and fries. A large fry. Lots of salt. What are you even talking about? But then he either left because of drugs or drugs left because of him. I don't remember what happened, I think he, but he was gone. You know, maybe it's not canon or whatever, but if I was him, I'd be extremely, like, fucking annoyed that they, they broke my character also. Yeah. Like, almost like he could see the writing on the wall. As like, long as the money's I mean, still green, though, Quinn, I don't think he would have cared that much, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not Shakespeare. The money wasn't going to be green for very long. <laughs> it is 93. This terrible character <laughs> and this terrible company. That's a good point. Uh, so, Doink is then replaced by a bunch of different fill-in people. Uh, Brooklyn Brawler, Steve Lombardi, one of them yeah. on the house shows. Uh, Roddy Piper, Ray Apollo. <laughs> yeah, so, the new face Doink who was feuding with uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. I no, hate all of this. No. <laughs> like, the minute he turns face, he's so insufferable, and he's not good anymore. Well, that's like, the thing. So, Ray Lycomelli, uh Ray Apollo, sometimes he's known as the fatter doink. Slightly, he, yeah. He's the face doink, right? And right. he takes over in 94. That's right! Right here next week, you're gonna see the doinkster take on that beast from the east! Bam, bam, Bigelow! That's not necessary. Feuds with Bam Bam, they do the mixed tag at WrestleMania 10, but by this point, that shit sucked, by the way. It's pretty bad. Uh, by this point, Dink is with him. Yeah, lots of Dink. Tiger Jackson, of course. Lots now, of props, the horrible Yeah, there's uniform. big mallets, the stupid stripy pants, green yeah. jackets. Like, he what are we like doing? idiot. No chest hair. Yeah. Another problem, because Matt Bourne always had the chest hair well, hanging out. that made out. him seem more sadistic, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, he and, doesn't even have the, the wherewithal to, like, cover it up. Yeah, and, and his he, makeup's you know, always fucked yeah, up. Yeah, in, like, a full body suit. <laughs> right. And yet, still, the hair is, like, the hair is, like coming <laughs> right. out. Uh, and also, he used to have a cigar sometimes, too. Yeah, Matt Bourne. Did. Yeah, like, <laughs> what happened to all these things? Like, these little touches. These are what made Doink like a real asshole. Threw water on Bruce Hart. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. Exactly. Anyone should do that. He also you know? had the fake out water where it was confetti. Yeah. Like on certain other things. Yeah, it was great. But Ray Lycomelli, while a good wrestler in the ring, he's fine in the ring, he could not play the character in any possible way that it was appealing to anyone. Even, I don't know. I was a kid when I started watching wrestling, and you too, Doink was still around. Yeah. He sucked. He was horrible. <laughs> right. That, I never wanted to see him ever. And like, if I had seen the original Doink character live, right. I probably would have been all about that. Right. It, it literally, like, to be honest with you, a lot of it is like the Joker from Batman. Like, that's like what he is. That's what uh, Matt Bourne wound up doing in like 2008. Why? Why? Why do I keep doing this over and over and over again? 
he right. rebooted the character on the indies. But not even like it's still. It could even be the Jack Nicholson version, like whatever sure. you want it to be. Sure. It's like the WWF was definitely like that was the inspiration. It's like how Max Probably. Katie was the inspiration for Whalen Mercy, <laughs> like you know, like. You know, the Jack like Scarface was yeah. the inspiration for Razor Ramon. Right. Like, Doink was clearly inspired by the Joker. Like, and maybe John a, Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Remember the yeah, serial yeah, killer yes, with yes, the clown? The clown serial killer. Yeah. But, like, it was this, it, it was a great idea. Yeah. And, right. And, like, you make him a face, it's just, well, he's a wrestling clown. Cool. And like, do you think that added to the perception that this is really goofy, cartoony kid gimmick it, shit of the 90s? Yeah. It made it shitty. Like, <laughs> it, it just, nobody wanted to see it. He just became like an annoying, like lower mid card. Yes, thing. that didn't win often, and maybe had problems with King. Well, that's the most infamous feud. Obviously, yeah. is uh, Doink Dink Pink and Wink against <sighs> the King Queasy Cheesy Sleazy. Uh, that was something I remember when it was like happening. Like I remember when the midgets were coming out week after week. I was it's just getting into one wrestling. Of the first tapes I saw too. Yeah, match, like so bad. Uh, and and I for I'll listen. I'll admit as a kid, like who was just getting into wrestling. And I didn't know shit. While I thought it was stupid, I also was like, well, it's kind of funny or whatever. They're clowns. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, you you don't know that. The problem is, is I didn't know, like, this was something better. Yeah, it used to be. It came from something much better, right? Right, yeah. So let me ask you some questions, Quinn, as I like to do here. Do you think that if Bourne had stayed, but they still turned the character face, do you think that he had the talent and capability to make it work? Well, see, here's the problem is maybe there wasn't a way to make it work because right. it's not the age of the anti-hero, so he can't pull that kind of card with the doinkster. You That's know? the problem. He's like, reduced to doing silly string and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, like his, exactly. It, it would, like being that, like Nickelodeon character. Like, you <laughs> know Mark I mean? Summers. Yeah. Like double dare doink, basically. Paints the mustache on wrong. <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. Yeah, that whole thing. So you don't think it had anything to do with Bourne leaving? Well, that didn't help. You think it was more the, the handicap was the gimmick itself the gimmick, turning face? The gimmick turning face was what broke it. I think like, you're you right. you know what I mean? I agree with like, you. Like, there was no turning back after that. Like, it was over. So whether it was Bourne, whether it was Lombardi, whether it was Roddy Piper, you know, there was no yeah. fixing this. Is that right. kind of what it's you're saying? like nowadays. You know what's a good example? Like, Elias. I, okay, yeah, I, walk I, with him. But it's like his character doesn't change even when he's heel or face, because he's been both now. Yeah, he's been both. True. And, like, it's still this asshole that plays shitty like guitar <laughs> yeah, music it's it's rather competent and that's about it you know what i mean right he's not that good but back in those days if you were to change heel to face like you had to you had to completely change you were kid friendly yeah and that's like, true like the fans loved you for reasons you like, had to do a complete 180 basically right so in the limitations of 1993 1994 whatever the doink character was never going to survive a face turn you're right like and- in fact that should be the writing on the wall that it's over that's why i wonder personally if matt Bourne was like oh they're turning your face well what the fuck's the point of this anymore like maybe i'll go do this in ecw or something well, yeah like, which you know what i mean Born like, again was a great gimmick uh do you think if there were ever a time for doink to resurface and it would have worked it would have been in 1998 during the attitude oh era? yeah i that would have worked i always wonder like why that just wasn't like that seemed like right up vince russo's alley yeah like, you know what i mean right right especially with all the garbage that he was putting out like doink seemed to be fit right into that he would have fit right in i can imagine him as like a, a henchman for mcmahon even yeah this is matt Bourne playing him of course that I that's could, the only way it would I work know this will sound really weird but i could see him as something in the corporate ministry or the ministry of darkness rather just because yeah remember, probably like, like what if yeah, they it, reshaped right? the, the paint and he looked more like it and changed the hair color maybe too yeah, to red that's yep. what i mean like I, i'm just saying like that he would have fit in 
See, I think, yeah, I mean, Viscera, that wasn't stupid, right? I mean, Midian, of course, Doink yeah, would have fit in. Yeah, but Evil Clown is even like better. very, like, very, like, horror movie-esque. And right, very, that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, it would go perfectly with, like, the Ministry or something like that. I mean, we had vampires, you know, we had Gangrel for crying right. out loud. Why can't well, we have Doink? Yeah, I mean, all we were missing was the Wolfman um, <laughs> and some others, but... The Wolfman. <laughs> I don't know why, why didn't they have that? A Wolfman? Well, they Remember should... they did in the 60s. Who? Yeah, oh, right. Who? The Beast. Yes, the Beast. But I'm surprised the Ministry didn't have, like, Frankenstein and, and the Wolfman and the Mummy. Well, the, but uh, they didn't have the Yeti. That's true. They, the oddities had Frankenstein. His name was Paulo Silva. Right, that's true. Well, they should have converted Paulo into... To Frankenstein. He can't do anything anyway. Just put hey. Frankenstein paint on him and put him in the Ministry. Now, he's the guy, Quinn, that you always said was walking down the street in swishy pants. They said, uh, hey, do you want to be a wrestler? Yeah, also, they probably were like, wow he's tall like, you know what i mean like and they just never got him equipment either and he's like okay yeah okay. <laughs> so, but anyway, but back, anyway to the back to the doinkster yeah yeah so i mean doink was gone by 95 and then only part-time i remember he's at like the 97 slammies and steve austin beats him up and everyone's happy about it it's real that happens don't go steve austin don't go steve austin it's hammering the clown he's not the only one look at they're killing the clown the clown is down I remember him being a big part of 95 for like the early parts yeah, He's of it. there like, on I, all the syndicated stuff. I remember because that's when I was 100% all in because 94 I was like watching some tapes that yes. a friend got me in like September to December. Yeah, it's around period. when I started watching you September, know, that, that, but, I, but it was only tapes I was seeing. My friend didn't show me live because obviously like we'd have to be over at the same exact time at, you know, when that shit was on. It's complicated back then. Right. And so, it's you know, he was showing me tapes and I saw Doink and stuff on there, but then like. 95, he, he was on Superstars, like, a lot. Action Zone. He was. It was on Action that, Zone that with Doc. Glass table. <laughs> well, like, we yeah. got the Doinkster. Right, exactly. That whole thing. Yeah, with, oh, Doink's here. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the green hair, the funny-looking ring attire. But underneath all of that, this guy is a skilled WWF professional. He would only resurface occasionally in the 2000s, always as like, a, oh, look who's back. Doink is back. And like, it would always be some wrestler was using him as a disguise, like Chris Jericho or something. <laughs> that did happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then the real Doink, I think Bourne played him at one point. Bourne did come back what? and play him. Yeah. In I think, WF? I think in the 2007 in December, they had that 15-year Raw Battle Royal. Wait a second. That, like they got IRS Bourne and to come back Yeah, I think Bourne that? played him in that one. Yeah. Coming down the aisle. I thought you hated me. I'm pretty sure it was I, Matt Bourne. This might be, this is kind of live and in living color here, but... Yes, is, um, Jim Carrey's here. Is Matt Bourne alive? Unfortunately, no. Okay. Ray Lycamelli, I know, played him at WrestleMania 17. But at Ray the, Apollo, you mean? Yeah, Roddy okay. Piper. Yeah. Uh, but at the... Yeah, there was, remember that Raw? It was like the 15-year anniversary, but it was like a month early. They did a Legends Battle Royal, basically, that DiBiase and IRS were the last two in. Huh. I think that's Matt Bourne that plays Doink. I'll check it out. Is that and his last WF appearance? I would think so, because I know the Brawler mainly played him afterwards. Anytime you see Doink in like the 2010s, yeah. it's Brawler. So this whole downfall, it's yes, funny we're talking about this downfall. This is the only downfall where I can I can actually ask the question. I was like, the name of the segment is From a Star to a Jobber, but okay. Do you think Doink should be like a Hall of Famer? Like, yeah, honestly, the character, yeah. The character? And, uh, Matt Bourne playing him, obviously, right. but I, yes, I, I, absolutely. Well, I think General Matt Bourne because he was in the first WrestleMania, but yeah, like, you know what I mean. Well, that's true. To recap here, just so we're staying on the thread of you know what happened in the push. Ninety three, Doink was like a legit upper mid card. Oh yeah, he was like a threat. <laughs> he was like a good wrestler. He was fighting like Bret Hart, <laughs> yeah, like, perfect. Yeah, you know, like all the top Genetti guys. crush yeah. all these guys. 
And then all already by ninety four, he's jobbing to Bam Bam and the Luna and is there, a mixed tag. Is there literally any like proper explanation why they would jettison such a good gimmick? Like, is that ever explained? I, I don't know why they turned it face to begin with. Yeah. I guess because it was getting cheered. I mean, I, you, you got to get in Vince's head, which is scary, but it's getting cheered. Might as well turn it face. You know, that's how he used to be. Yeah, but I. <sighs> It just—it's such a fatal mistake. It really did it, kill the character. Because yeah, with, like in less than a year's time after the face turn, like he was trash. Yeah, literally like, less than a year. Nothing. Yeah, and that epic king feud, and then his ninety-five is on job duty. Yeah, he doesn't win shit in ninety-five. Yeah, so he does become a jobber pretty much. And don't even get me started on the whoopee cushion with the fart sound effect built that into it. That was the first thing they did when he was turned face. Yeah, and remember? I was like, well, he'll be like Nickelodeon, like <laughs> That's you know, farts. Hey, kids, you know what's really funny, right? Farts, <laughs> which they are. I yeah. mean, I still laugh to this day at my own farts. Sometimes. Right? Who doesn't? But <laughs> at the same time, it's like let's not base a fucking wrestling character. Yeah, it's like an evil clown. <laughs> right. Like possibly like hurting people yeah like you know what i mean nefarious things yeah, you know like, up to no good <laughs> messing with kids yeah he had problems let's, let's get a whoopee cushion that'll fix it and he might have been david copperfield we're not sure yeah remember it's, that whole clone doing thing? yeah it's skinner yeah. <laughs> it was skinner wait, wait, stop it was skinner wrestlemania 9 don't spoil it was just it, it's it was just matt born twice oh oh it was an illusion excuse yeah. me well anyway folks let us know what you think of doink and what would have happened is one if he had stayed as matt born could born of me the face gimmick work i don't know but i think i agree with quinn turning it face was the bigger problem and also let us know do you think there was any sustainability for the evil clown gimmick to continue on if they had never turned it face i do i do too i think they could have gotten more juice out of that if you will there michael but folks when we come back we are taking another two of the worst wrestlemanias out of the pool we're gonna see where they flush down the tubes because it is the royal flush of wrestlemanias and that is coming up right after this He was a really good, um, he was the best clown for sure. I thought the gimmick was, I thought it was a great gimmick. I loved the clown gimmick. I thought it was, the Doink the Clown was a, was a genius uh, gimmick. And Matt was the perfect guy. He was the creepy clown that, that, like all the rest of the guys they had after that, they tried, but they were, there was only one Doink, and that was Matt Bourne. He was, he was an old pro, and he was a bit of a, a rascal anyway, so he was, you know, he he really fit having a, being a cigar with the the you know, being a clown with the cigar stub hanging out of his mouth, and he was a creepy, carny kind of clown kind of character that uh, I loved it. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, here for episode number 127 on Monday, April 29th, 2019. Quinn, how's your uh, spring fever doing over there? It's springing up. Yeah, it's- maybe, maybe I'm... <laughs> 
kind of getting out of it. That's good, Quinn. Uh, you can spring on over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want. We're not Lamont over here doing a Sanford and Son get rich quick type of scheme. Lamont? He was, a, he was the central character besides uh, Brett British Fox. Lamont. British Lamont on Steptoe and Son? I'm not yeah. sure. But folks, if you want to go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast, British Lamont notwithstanding, uh, you can check out our rewards tiers. We have three of them. Two bucks, three bucks, and five bucks. We'll just highlight the uh, $5 tier right now because it includes everything. It includes not only our uh, raw video of every single episode, and it also includes bi-weekly 1982 watch-alongs with Quinn and I, but every month you get a full-length pay-per-view review. WrestleMania 2 is out right now with special guest Richard Land. Yeah, and uh, Ace Comedy Funny Man as <laughs> yeah, well. Yes, the, I won't tell you who that is. Yeah, the Ace Comedy is there, though. Don't forget yeah. that. Uh, and next month, for May, it'll be the big event. Technically not a pay-per-view, but we can't pass this shit up so so that'll be coming up every single month Quinn and I do a pay-per-view review in order full-length podcast and like I said you can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast check out the rewards tiers no commitment no CODs either just see if it's something you like and you can just sign up check it out and if you hate it just freaking cancel it it's fine we won't be offended but no contracts here no contracts but Quinn we're doing the uh the royal flush this week now remember this yeah now if you're new to the show because uh I want to make sure the rules are very clear here We asked you guys at the beginning of the season, before this season even started, for a list of your 10 best and 10 worst WrestleManias. We then took all of the votes that we received, put them into two separate pools, the best pool and the worst pool. And each week, we pull out two names, we rank the WrestleManias, whether it's best or worst, and we see where they fall. So at the end of this season, we're going to have the definitive OVP scientific organic non-GMO list of best WrestleManias and worst WrestleManias. And this week, it's the Flush, which is the worst. And I just want to catch you guys up on the current rankings of the Flush as of last week. At number one, still the worst WrestleMania of all time, according to us. Although, I don't know if I agree. It's WrestleMania 2. I think it sucks. I know you do. What what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Number two is WrestleMania 32. That's pretty hideous. Hideous. Number three, which I think we should have shot to the top. What? Quinn disagreed. Is WrestleMania 15. The whole Xbox stuff? How can you? Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Number four, WrestleMania 9. Still doing fine. To me, that should be much higher. No, it's great. I think the nine is way too... No. Like, I guess high on this list. Yeah, low, whatever it is. Uh, Number five, WrestleMania 4. It's a piece of crap. It's fun. It's a fun piece it's, of crap. It's a package. It's a right. package. And number six, the uh, the best of the worst right now is WrestleMania 13. Obviously, mainly because of Brett and Austin. Yeah, that's the primary thing I keeping think it at the bottom. Be like ten at the end. Well, we'll have to see because we got two more coming out now. So without any further ado, why don't we go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush, ladies and gentlemen. Now, WrestleMania 11. Uh-oh. Bart Gunn meets Tough Man winner and IBA Super Heavyweight Champion Butterbean. The timekeeper, Herb. And check this out, Jerry the King Lawler. Now, reality has just set in for Michael Cole here at WrestleMania. The wild man, Mark Morrow, ladies and gentlemen. Not sure those outfits are legal either, Jess. Buddhist, this is incredible. What a package. It's the royal flush of WrestleMania's. Quinn, 
We have run them down. There's some pretty bad ones in there. Some poor, poor choices of WrestleMania yeah, in there. Yeah, that bathroom is really loud <laughs> it's, this week, it's huh? overflowing. Yeah. Uh, so, folks, as we mentioned, we're going to pull two more WrestleManias out of the septic tank here, and we're going to see where they rank. So, without any further ado, the time for talking is through. Is it time for turkey yet, Quinn? Um, yeah, it's always time for turkey when you're doing this crap. All right, let's all find out now who drew number seven. Well, Quinn, a lot of people were asking, why? Because Triple H is still the champion here. It's WrestleMania 2000. So there's this shit, right? Never been a big fan. Yeah, so just spoilers before we get to the end. What's notable about this Mania always is that it's the only one where, like, well, it's not the only the one, first but it's like one. the first one where the heel wins. Like, it's true. It's just like, what? Yep, it's actually of course, true. Of course, it's the lord and master of, of wrestling, the greatest one to ever exist, Triple H. This is To be fair, though, this is during his good period. It's one fine, good run. But it's WrestleMania, Joe. Okay. I, I, let's, Who was the booker, Quinn? Not Vince Russo. Yeah. Chris Vince, Vince McMahon. Yeah. Okay. So let's run down the card here. So this is April 2nd, 2000. This is from the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim, which is never a good arena for them for some is reason. even a pond? Like, <laughs> what is that a reference to? I don't know. Like, Maybe there's a pond near it. I'm where's not the sure. Arrowhead? Is that in California? Anaheim, yeah. Yeah, okay. It sounds like it should be in that complex where the Chiefs are. That's why I always get confused. <laughs> no, I'm like, not, is this Kansas City? Nothing to do with the Chiefs. Hey, that's great. But who are the chefs? And this WrestleMania was notable for a couple of things. Uh, Quinn mentioned, obviously, the heel walked out of WrestleMania the champion. Not only that, this was the only one at the time to have an all-day-long pre-show, I guess, with Ivory and Michael Cole. Right. Also, let's not forget one other detail. Of course, Quinn. They decided that they were going to try to make this like a year at the end of the name so that you could easily, which actually, in retrospect, is kind of a good idea nowadays because people have trouble remembering by the number that maybe it would be easier if if they actually Actually did say the year yeah this is uh wrestlemania 16 technically have they retconned that now i think they finally have right it's um, i think it's officially wrestlemania 16 okay, so now. i find it's all over the place actually oh, really? like, okay in some places they'll say 16 some places they'll say 2000 okay so a little bit of background here this is during a very hot period for the wf oh yeah i mean that's what's so unfortunate about this show about to this- me it's actually like a misfire in the middle of like greatness because almost every pay-per-view in 2000 was can't miss and every Raw and SmackDown was still really good They're in 2000. They're still really rewatchable in that year, too. Like, I've, I've gone back and watched some of them. Like, wow, these are good shows. It's a hell of a lot better than the weekly shit we were watching in 99. As fun right. as it was, the 2000 is so much recovery. better. Very, very good. And wrestling, yeah. the wrestling matches started to get longer and more about wrestling again. Right. But and there was still all the Attitude Era stuff. It's true. It was a really good mix. So this is a great period of time. WWF's ratings were really good in 2000. They were doing really well as a company. And they were coming off of Triple H retiring Mick Foley. They had had those two matches at Rumble and then Hell in a Cell. They were finding ways to make us more pissed at Triple H by the day. Well, he was a heel, so that was the idea, right? That's what they're supposed to do. But uh, this this is like the time period where it starts to pile up. Why don't you and Tony Cherichetti just have a mutual admiration society about how much you hate Triple H? But in the meantime here, we've got a job to do, Quinn. We do. It's scientific. I'll take my Triple H hate out of it. Yeah, Tony, you can keep yours. It's fine. You can hate him all you want. Uh, So let's open up here. I believe this is where Vivian Garcia sang the national anthem for the first time at a show, but I can't remember for sure. You got that one right. Good job, butt munch. Our opening match was the Big Bosom Man. 
right. teaming up with Bull Buchanan, who I like. I don't know what your problem Bull with Bull Buchanan. He's balls. good. He's horrid. What? He's he's, he's a good wrestler. Boss man. Why do you like him? He's a good wrestler. He stinks. No, he doesn't. Well, then why didn't they ever make him anything good? He was with John Cena in like 02. Shut up. Okay. And they defeated the Godfather. So this is still pre uh, right to censor. So are they like in the nation? T- or no. Like they're just friends coming out of the nation. Here's the thing, right? So the Godfather, who is still very much a uh, ho train, all that, teams up with D'Lo. Now, this is post-Draws, where D'Lo kind of was de-pushed, and, and right. remember how hot D'Lo was in 99? It's very unfortunate. Yeah. This is like the first, one of the first instances where you start to realize D'Lo is garbage. Yeah, and he's dressed kind of like a pimp, like the Godfather, or Huggy Bear or something, now, if and I they've recall- got iced tea with them. Yeah, so now, I will say this. I watched another pay-per-view from this time period, and this team, believe it or not, yeah. super over. Godfather, Godfather and D'Lo, yes. Holy shit, they were getting the huge pops because mm-hmm. it was like peak co-train. Oh, and like, yeah. Now you have like D'Lo joining in on, the, on the fun. Yeah. And it seemed cool. And they got fucking iced tea for their <laughs> entrance. What's up? I'm going to wrap you guys down the aisle. Now, <laughs> I remember this version where he was just, he all he said was pimping easy, <laughs> yeah. like over pimpin and over. Pimping pimpin easy, y'all. Yeah. Pimping ain't, pimpin ain't easy, y'all. Over and all again. That's over and over again. Pimping ain't, pimping ain't easy, man. Pimping ain't, pimping ain't easy, man. Pimping ain't, pimping ain't easy. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! And it was like really long. Yes. Like that was like literally the same way. It sounded nothing like his music. <laughs> not at all. But I just remember like digging it. And actually, this is not bad. This is beginning. It it's a good opening match. A mediocre, fine opening, whatever. What are yeah, you going to no, do? No, it's an it's opening fine. match. It's yeah. what you, this is a match. Yeah, like, exactly. That's what it is. This is a match. I don't have an issue with any of that. Now, I know you like the next one, Quinn, and so do yeah, I. Yes, and we, this, did a, we did a commentary on it. It's the Hardcore Battle Royal. Wonderful. You want to explain the rules? So, this is actually like one of my favorite things ever. On top of the wackiness that is the Hardcore Division, over the last year or so before this, they had started to do this um, 24-7 rule. It was Crash Holly. Let me put it to you this way. To to this day, folks, I always wish the Hardcore title would come back in the 24-7 form. Just for that. Because it's... One of the best little things you great, can do in the middle of Raw that is exciting and stupid and yep. like kind of like comic relief, but it, at the same time it, it has like slight prestige yeah, because slight. it's for a title, right? Exactly. And it's just it's just super fun. So to, for this battle royal, it's not much, as much of a battle royal as it's a 15 minute match where the hardcore title is on the line for 15 minutes, and anytime somebody win like pins somebody, they are the new hardcore yes. champion until they get pinned again, which. The best part about this is that this is this is the kind of thing that allows for like the stupidest people of all time to be the hardcore champion for like less than a minute. Let me list who how many new champions we had here. Okay, go ahead, Quinn. We had the Taz. Yep. He won it in twenty six seconds into the damn thing. Uh a minute in Viscera gains the title. Okay, good. Viscera loses the title to Funaki. <laughs> About six minutes later, and then all of a sudden, Rodney wins the title. Rodney, yes. Rodney. No, nobody even gave a shit about Rodney. He wins it about a minute later. Then Thrasher, uh, Moopy, or what's that, whatever, <laughs> Muggsy. Like, Muggsy wins the title somehow with a clothesline. That's about 45 seconds later. Then Pete Gas beats Thrasher. He beats Muggsy for the title. Right. Like, a minute after that. 
Then Taz regains two the title. Two-time champion. Two-time champion in, <laughs> within, what is this, 10 minutes? Yes. Two-time champion within 10 minutes. He loses it back to the Crashster, who was the champion going into Correct. it. Correct, yep. And, and Crash holds it for uh, about 40 seconds when Hardcore Holly hits him with King's Candy Dish. Your candy dish! Yeah, which is one of my favorite endings, by the way, yeah. because King is cracking up. About the candy dish. About the, or, and JR is yeah. even laughing. I don't like, know, You got your candy dish. <laughs> <laughs> That was your candy jar he hit him with. What? It's gone. But here's the problem is that Hardcore Holly was supposed to be getting a two count when time expired. Right. However, they were off like in the slightest second. I think Timmy White was the the ref ref. went with it. He went with it. So Hardcore wasn't even supposed to win the title. Crash was supposed to have heroically come back out as champion. What a wonderful disaster this whole thing is, actually. I really appreciate it. Great match! This is fun. There's nothing wrong with this. Uh, The next match here is a very early appearance of Trish Stratus as she accompanied TNA, which is Test and Albert. Now, here's... Okay, actually, this... I'm surprised this is even voted in because they're, now we're getting into, we've had three decent things. This is where another one of my favorite things of all time happens. Who did TNA defeat, Quinn? So TNA defeats Head Cheese, right? <laughs> However, yeah. the match starts, like Al Snow has been like becoming big friends with Steve Blackman, who's Correct. the most boring man in the world That's or whatever. That's gimmick, yeah. So at the beginning of the match, Al Snow um, employs the help of Chester McCheeserton, oh, good Lord which here. is a midget. Dressed up like a piece of cheese that has the ass cheeks cut out of the cheese costume so he can make fart noises with his butt. Quinn likes this. This is amazing. It's not. And this is one of my favorite parts of this entire show. Also, just a shout out to Chester McCheeserton's theme song when he comes out. It's it's brilliant. Do you want me to dump it in as we're talking right now? It's like... Okay. It'll it'll be right under us right now. Yeah, yeah, TNA were not a very good team. Albert's a good worker. Test had been, but like they de-pushed the shit out of him after the wedding thing. The big thing about this was Tris Stratus. This was was the introduction of Tris... Hat edition. Hat and the the duster coats with the boots that are way too sparkly. That's like... She's wearing like she's always wearing like a one piece bathing suit rather than like an actual like outfit. Yes. <laughs> Early Trish and she came a long way, obviously. And head cheese here, yes, sadly defeated Chester Machizotain, notwithstanding. Uh next up we have a very good match that was eclipsed by TLC at SummerSlam. Right. But this is the precursor, and this is great. Another reason why I don't know if this is really one of the worst. We'll have We're, to see. We are four matches in, and this ain't a bad paper either. It's not horrible. Yeah. It's uh, not amazing, but Edge and Christian defeated the Dudleys and the Hardys. The Dudleys were the tag champions. Edge and Christian won them here in a triangle ladder match. So right. even though there were tables involved at some point, this is not a TLC match, just for the record. Yes, yeah, so this is like the sequel to the Terry Invitational Final, if you recall. Yep, from like October. The, one, the match that started it all, nobody seems to remember that it was a Terry tournament. Yep, but like in October was. of yeah. 99. The finals was the Hardys versus Edge and Christian. Winner got Terry's like money in a bag or something. <laughs> That's real. But it was a really good match. It was a really good match, and this was the, the impetus, I guess, for that great series of matches and feuds that these guys would have, among others, during 2000, and obviously culminating at WrestleMania 17, which was like the farewell of the whole thing. This is excellent. I it no really was this, really good. The next match, on the other hand, this is where things um, start to yeah. uh, go sour here. Now, this is our only singles match of the entire show, and it wow. is... that is true. Wow. Yeah. Terry Runnels, who's not a wrestler, really, with the fabulous Mula, defeating the cat, Stacey Carter, with Mae Young... 
I don't know why they just, just like all of that is bad. It's a cat fight with Val Venus as the special the ref. It's horrible. Now, Venus also, isn't even wrestling on this. Listen, wait a sec. So May Young and Mula were feuding. I thought they were like friends at the Golden Girls house or whatever. <laughs> My puppies are real. They're not like theirs. Why don't you just tie a scarf around your waist? <laughs> It's 2000, Quinn. I don't know. I don't remember. It's just no one cared. I know that much. Was this maybe had something to do with May Young got powerbombed by Bubba earlier in the year? Maybe she was like mad that Mula. I don't yeah, maybe. I'm trying to theorize. I I'm don't fine remember what the story was. Maybe we could just make that the new canon. That, this. She's mad that Mula didn't help her or something. Yeah. Because Mula's a bitch. All yeah. right. So next up, we had China and Too Cool. Now, Too Cool, Quinn, was a big deal in their own way. Too Cool was fantastic at this point <laughs> they, in time. They were over. Why does nobody in ever the remember way. how good they were? Well, because they were like ironically like funny and everyone loved them it's surprising that brian christopher is involved because it's actually good <laughs> like uh, honestly i'll ah! say scotty too Hottie definitely was the sky too Hottie and rikishi later on yes he, they, they were he they were definitely the mvps of the team well, especially shout out to scotty too Hottie who like lived the gimmick forever but yeah like i i really like him now they defeated these hot um newcomers to the wf the radicals dean malenko which is weird. Yes, Eddie Guerrero and Perry Satter, not Benoit. He's yeah. in something else. I don't remember too much of this match other than it's passable. It's fine. I think this is more just because they won basically because China was on their team and yeah. they needed to be like, oh, China's better than everybody. <laughs> That's this pretty is much where it was all getting year. A little, this is like, this is the point where people were like, okay, this is Enough a little... With her. <sighs> I don't know. Like, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Quinn's yeah. not going to go on that soapbox right now. Yeah. Then we had something that you might remember. It was kind of stupid. I really like this, But it's this, good. Yeah, yeah, it's the the Eurocontinental champion, Kurt Angle. Right. So, if you recall, Kurt Angle, within less than a year's time, yep. had become... Oh, yeah. Six months. The unified intercontinental European... It wasn't really unified. They were technically two separate titles. Yeah, you wore them on top so, of each other. Um. Uh, who was who was um, commissioner at the slaughter or something? Who was the guy in charge right here? Uh, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, somebody was like, "Hey, uh, you have to defend both those belts at WrestleMania, basically." Yeah. So, so we did. But we'll make it easy for you, and we'll do it in one match in two parts. So, you yeah, have, like you have to get pinned twice to lose your both your titles. Correct. So it was like basically the first fall was for the Intercontinental title, and then the second fall was for the European. I thought title. this is a great idea, honestly. Yeah, so I, I like this match a lot. Kurt Angle defends both belts against Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho, and what happens in the Intercontinental title fall is Chris. Be- Defeats these guys and becomes the Intercontinental Champion. So nice, good, good job for Voldemort. Like, the match like immediately restarts, like right yep. after. It's like okay, now the European title's yep. on the line because we have to like do both. And in nice comedic justice, Chris Jericho wins that one. So right. Angle, who walked in with two belts, he leaves with none. Leaves with none, and it's great. There's now, nothing wrong with this. To Kurt Angle goes on to more important things, basically. Like this, pretty is, much to me, this is just a way to get both belts off of him so he could go do. Basically stuff. elevate himself. Yeah, yeah exactly. And by the summer, he's yeah. in the world title scene. Oh, this was fine. This is fine. I have no problem with this. Well, how did this get voted in? Actually, I'm I going don't... through this now. The only thing that's like super disappointing is the end. Really? Yeah, true. Match number eight here, right before the main event, Kane, who was a red hot in 2000, still right. he's a face, and Rikishi defeated Wait, Paul the Paul Bear was with Rikishi he came, in them. He came back for this. Yeah, weird. Defeated the remnants of DX, Road yeah. Dog and X Pac with Tori. DX 2000, horrible. Yeah, uh, this was not good, but it was short, and Kane and Rikishi won. And this is, of course, where Pete Rose made his third consecutive right. WrestleMania now, appearance. Now is he dressed up like the chicken in this one, or what? Which I think he is this. Is he the chicken? No, he's not the chicken. The chicken comes out and like fucks with Kane, and everyone thinks it's going to be Pete Rose. The but chicken then, was the last. Yes, year, right. Okay. But then the real Pete Rose comes up from behind, and it's Kane chokes him. Yeah. Wait a minute, King. Hey, Pete Rose, the ball back. Pete Rose, 
Zero still alive? Yes, I believe. I so. wish that like every year since that like <laughs> nine, like that they just still did it. Like it's like where's Pete Rose? Like why is that not a thing? I was upset when he wasn't in like the gimmick battle royal in seventeen. Right? Like, what if he, he was, was like, the gobbledygooker? Right? Yeah. Like oh god, they should have just Someone they should have signed boat. Pete Rose to like a long term contract where he just comes only at WrestleMania. <laughs> That's great. Anyway, our main event here, and there was a little bit of background to this, so let's get into it real quick. Yeah. And so then, ultimately, it's McMahon's. Yeah, so here's the thing. Wrestler-wise first, let's do this. Triple H had been the champion with Stephanie McMahon-Helmsley during that regime. That's the most overheel thing in the company. The McMahon-Helmsley regime. That was the heel, the main heel, Triple H, and he was good at it because no one liked him. That's a good heel. Uh, The Rock, the number one face, because we've got to remember, Austin sitting out. Right. So The Rock has Vince McMahon, who, when he returned in the fall of 99, he was a face, don't forget. Right. Feuding with Triple H over the Stephanie thing. This is not union Vince McMahon. No. This is, I'm friends with The Rock, Vince McMahon. Correct. Now, The Rock had uh, won the Royal Rumble, but really Big Show kind of eliminated them first. So Big Show's in this match with Shane, for some reason, as his supporter. But there was another person in the match. Right. And this really pissed me off as a 14-year-old. Really? Because after this fucking emotional retirement of Mick Foley in February. Yeah. Leave the memories alone, all now, that stuff. Have Joe, a nice day. if I recall. Yes. Did that match have any screw at the end? No. Okay. He lost. He was okay. retired. He just lost. It was sad. I just like, wanted to just make sure. He was gone. It was over with. Buy Mick Foley. Go enjoy Disney World and being Santa or whatever the fuck <laughs> he does now. Defend WWE stupidly. Anyway... Linda McMahon comes out. She's like, there's going to be one more person in the match. Mick Foley. And against this man, Mick Foley. Worst episode ever. And he comes out with like the shittier hair. He's all fat He doesn't give a shit. Sweatpants. Horrible. And that really pissed me off because I was so into Mick. And so sad when he retired yeah. that this is just like an ultimate fuck you. And, and he would come back many other times. But then again, it did. Nobody was as angry after no, no, no. this. Like this nobody, just pissed me off because yeah. it was so short. Yeah, it, it almost was felt, like a month. It almost felt like Vince Russo booked it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the fake retirement angle. Anyway, well, Chris Kresge, your favorite, booked it. Yeah, I know. I uh, doubt he asked for Mick to come back though. I'm sure that was Vic. Anyway, we got a McMahon in each corner, all right, and we have a fatal four for the title. Remember, Triple H is the champion, and after over a half hour of decent match. It's like fine. Yeah, it's the most prolific thing though, because Triple H is <laughs> of course. So it's a Triple H match. It has to be a half an hour. Has to be. Uh, he's making up for that Warrior match at twelve, right. I guess. And anyway, uh, Vince McMahon turns heel, aligns himself with his daughter and Triple H, and Triple H walks out of the champion, leading Jim Ross to be very upset. And many Why? fans, yeah. <laughs> Why? Triple H is still the champion. Why? That's WrestleMania 2000. So just running down the card, it's not bad. It's not other that than bad. the main event. The main event's ass, and there's a couple of filler matches. The but ending sucks. The ending sucks. But that's yeah. WrestleMania 2000. Out of all the pay-per-views in 2000, that's one of the, the worst ones. I will say that. That being said, it wasn't that bad either. Honestly, no. Now, I mean, now we went down the card. It's got a few really good things on it. But, Quinn, why don't we uh, see what's next here as we find out who drew number eight. <laughs> The boyhood dream has come true for Shawn Michaels. Well, it was a dark day for me, Quinn, but it one was. of your happiest because... One of my greatest moments. As a wrestling fan, young um, Michael Quinn. Yeah, early one of the early like great moments. Yep, as he watched Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart in the Iron Man match. It's WrestleMania 12, folks. Now, coincidentally, 
This one also took place at the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim, California. Wow, that is true. Two Arrowhead Ponds, Two not, Arrowhead not Ponds. the Chiefs. No, no, the Chiefs. And this is March 31st, 1996. Now, early 96, Quinn, not very good. No, not at all. It's uh, terrible, and it's I don't really, like it. It's really not. The only thing going for it was Shawn Michaels' like rise. Yeah. Like, that's literally it. And Justin and Fred at the Royal Rumble like, hanging <laughs> no, out or whatever. No, that's 97. Oh, sorry. Wrong Justin thing. and Fred. Whatever. It doesn't matter. George and they, Adam. Yeah, George and Adam, whatever. So here's what's going on. WrestleMania 12 is where the WWF is starting to realize, okay, WCW is actually a threat. So let's make fun of them a real lot with billionaire Ted skits. Oh, there's a bunch of that. And yeah. This stupid. <sighs> this is. It's a shame that this coronation of Shawn Michaels is this shit fest. Well, it's before. kind of fitting if you ask me. So <laughs> anyway. How come their wrestling is still better now? They've got better athletes. All we've got are the disloyal, greedy, has been from the 80s. The, uh, yeah, the WWF was starting to get a very, uh, very petty at this period of time because yeah. w- WCW had Hogan, they had Savage, and uh, WWF was like, well, they're old. You know, meanwhile, you know, Roddy Piper wrestles at this, but yep. <laughs> notwithstanding. New generation, yeah. Yeah, this is where the Huckster fought the Nacho Man, like on the pre show. Like- New generation. <laughs> Very new. Yeah. Uh, Huckster and Nacho Man with Scheme Gene, that whole thing happened. But anyway. That was just a vignette or something. Though, yeah, right? like, like clip of it or something. Yeah. I guarantee you, McMahon, this is the only AARP certified wrestling match in history. The uh, tag team tournament came to a head here as the Body Donnas, Skip and Zip, and they defeated the Godwins uh, to win the vacant tag team title. So the Body Donnas, Skip and Zip with Sonny. Now this was Sonny's, um, this was the beginning of the Sonny has the tag titles angle. Correct. If you recall. And she also had this very special Body Donna's outfit that was shiny. This is, yeah, this is the first time she really started to deviate from the old Body Donna's costume. Right. The one good thing that came out of all this is that this led to the Sunny Gets Slopped thing, which is like one of the greatest moments in Superstars history. It it is true that they had like a months and months long arc with Phineas and Sunny, and like Phineas used to be infatuated and then he got all mad at her and then they slopped her. And then there's the very like sad, like Sunny's like, why would I ever be with this fat idiot or whatever? Sad. And like he's like, well, fuck you, and they just yeah. throw the slop on her, and it's like everyone's all happy. Yes. Like it's so good. Here's something that's not Quinn: the what? opening match proper of the pay per view. Mm-hmm. By the way, Vincent King on commentary here, so they're fine. Uh, it's British Bulldog, Owen Hart, and Vader, collectively known, of course, as Camp Cornet. <laughs> yeah, Joe's favorite. I hate the name of that. Favorite stable. I of hate all it. Time. I like all the wrestlers involved. Yeah. I don't like the whole positioning of it. They defeated Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> <sighs> Fat Jake Roberts, like drunk Jake or whatever, <laughs> and very fat Yoko Tuna. Extra fat. Now this is be- this is right before he gets like carted out on fourth. <laughs> yes, right? right. Yeah, it is right before it with a uh, Mr. Fuji and the American flag. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Why is that here? Why is that even a thing? And you know what a way to make a nice feel good start to the show. Have the heels win <laughs> clean. Yeah. Well, you also in the free for all had the heels win yeah, too. We're doing good here. Yeah. Now this is where. Uh, the stipulation was that if Yoko's team won, he would get five minutes alone with Jim Cornette. What? But they didn't that. win. That's the, the, like, why didn't they oh, win? Oh, no wonder I didn't remember. Yeah, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> so anyway, next up we have new generation star Roddy Piper. <laughs> Versus <laughs> other new generation star Goldust. Now, the thing was here <laughs> is they had been building since January, since actually December. A very good Razor Ramon Goldust feud. Right. And it was supposed to be Razor Ramon versus I've Goldust. Heard this before, yes. But Razor Ramon goes and gets himself suspended for drugs or leaving. And he's leaving anyway, yeah. so it doesn't even matter. I think he now, had given his notice by now. I want to say this. Go this ahead. match, first of all, is very notable for using the OJ Bronco footage. I see OJ, man, and he looks scared. 
Thank you, Mr. Higgins. And Baba Booey to y'all. Peter, by the way, just for the record, this is Al Michaels. Uh, that was a totally farcical call. Uh, he, he said something in code at the end that's indicative of uh, the mentioning of the name of uh, a certain radio talk show host. Yeah, like said, straightly using it, like no straight- alterations to it or anything. So, first of all, I will say this one thing yes. about this match. This is the last time in my brain yeah. that I remember Piper looking like Abel. He looked like a threat. He still kind of did, yeah, because by WCW, he looked fat. Right, exactly. I do remember him coming in that like leather jacket with no shirt on being like, man, he's fucking jacked. He and still he's like good. beating the shit out of Goldust. And I was, I he's was also almost, the president. Yeah, I was just also like, I remember watching this like in a weird way being disappointed. I was like, oh man, I'd rather see Roddy Piper like have other matches because he's not in bad shape and crappy yet. Wasn't too bad. No. Yeah, so I just wanted to note that this is like the last instance of Piper like looking like a real wrestler. Normal Roddy yeah, Piper, yeah, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so they have like basically a hardcore match in the it's okay outside. But it's not bad it, it's okay the problem is it degenerates into this OJ it's just footage. OJ footage the yeah. whole time like it kind of just dissipates and they move on to the next thing I, and then yeah. they cut in the OJ footage I want to give credit where credit's due to like it actually is sort of creative in a weird it's way it's okay for like 96 yeah. WF it like, is it's it, not yeah. bad yeah Honestly. Uh, and now the next match is actually an underrated WrestleMania yes, gem great here. great match. Yeah. Stone Cold, the newly minted Stone Cold. He had just become Stone Cold Steve Austin a couple of weeks earlier, so he's still got the million-dollar belt and DiBiase. But that shit's going away. It's going away very soon. And, of course, he's fighting Savio Vega, because that's what he did. Feud, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is actually a damn fine 10-minute match here. To me, you know how, like, you have Raw and SmackDown nowadays? Yeah. Like, there's two... This was the superstars representation of the show because these two were yeah. literally like they might as well have said they were drafted to superstars because these two only had this feud on superstars constantly. It's and true. it was like a big deal too. It, oh, I remember it. This it, is this is to me the last good thing to ever happen on superstars, this whole feud. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and also the sunny and the sunny slop, slop right? Yeah. It, it extended speaking of sunny slop, yeah, you can check that out now on the internet if you want to. But yeah, it, this feud extended all throughout the summer and it was fine. Yeah. Uh, and this is a good little match, and this is where where we start to get the uh, the OJ footage intercut into yeah. it. Austin wins clean, if, yeah. if I recall correctly. Now with this garbage. Okay. Next. So as we've talked about, yeah. the Warrior was much promoted. Right. So as a kid, like I have said in the past, I came into the WF world in 1994, and I'd watched a lot of Coliseum home video tapes. Same here. I pretty much by this point, I had seen like everything Ultimate Warrior. Anything that video store had, right? Anything, anything that the video every week, I'd be renting tapes, right? I was, I knew the Ultimate Warrior. I was sure. studied up on the Ultimate. I was like, this is so fucking awesome. The yep. Ultimate Warrior's coming back. back. He's coming back. He's gonna be the best. Yeah, it's right? not this renegade shit that we saw in WCW yeah, last fuck year. That. We fuck got the all, renegade. We got the real Ultimate Warrior. That's right. So <laughs> Triple H comes out. His and music with, hits and everyone with, pops with Sable. For the first time. For the first time. Vince wastes no time being well, that, like, this lady is that, lovely. That happens later. We'll yeah. go over that after this match. Yeah. So then Ultimate Warrior runs out. Yep. I'm like, yeah, Ultimate Warrior. I was like so excited. Mm-hmm. The, mu- the classic music plays. Yep. Comes out, and then he beats Triple H in two seconds. And I barely ever get to see any Ultimate Warrior ever again. <laughs> That's pretty much what happens. Because he on TV. And he wore and a hat. If he, if he does, he has no paint. And he has a mask. And he's friends with Shawn Michaels for reasons. <laughs> he says ass and, and things Ahmed, like he that. he likes Ahmed Johnson a lot. Like, and, <laughs> Ahmed's and, probably a nice guy. And he hates King. Who King? <laughs> he's feuding with King? What the hell? When he came in, I'm like, man, Shawn Michaels is going to fight him and Bret Hart's going to fight him. <laughs> right, and, right. Like, all this cool stuff. None of that happens. I hate this so much. And this represents like an ult- like an ultimate failure to me. 
<laughs> it's crap, and I don't like it. And just for the record, folks, even though Triple H does get squished in under two minutes... Which is a good thing, but still, I didn't get to see the Ultimate Warrior at all, really. Just to correct any Mandela effects here that might go on, this was not punishment for MSG, because MSG didn't happen yet. It happened two months later. Just sometimes people confuse those right, things right. and think, no, it wasn't a punishment. That didn't happen yet. This Triple is kind H is of being an elevation. a company man. Yeah. Triple H... Triple H involved with a big Ultimate Warrior comeback. Yeah, it's fine. And he put him over very cleanly in two minutes. Now, the next... Well, actually, we, after this we, match... We need to address what happens because it's one of the funnier, stupid things on this show. So, Todd Pettengill's backstage with his crew cut, and yeah. he welcomes a new superstar to the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> the wild man, Mark Morrow. A new superstar in the World Wrestling Federation. I'd like you to meet the wild man, Mark Morrow, ladies and gentlemen. Horrible. <laughs> so, so this. Okay, when I see this, right. First of all, I'm like, Mark, Mark that's Johnny. Johnny B. Dad, who is so, literally just in WCW, right? So I'm like confused. Yes. Second of all, he says his name wrong. So like, <laughs> you're like, they and they immediately start like, I think like somebody else says his name correctly. Yeah, probably. And so you're like, Vince. what is his name? Yeah. Like, and you're all confused. And then Kevin Kelly always called him Miro, right? Or, or maybe Michael Cole later. Yeah. I forget. So they fuck up his name <laughs> right like, day one. Like the first instance you see him. Second of all, like Triple H storms <laughs> in and he like it's like you suck or something <laughs> for no like, reason. Yeah, because he's all mad because he lost. And then all of a sudden the Morrow one gets like saved. Yes. Because it's his wife. Yeah, in real life. Oh, yeah. And that's our debut of Mark Morrow in a blazer and jeans getting his name mis- mispronounced. At least he saves Sable, and so the whole Sable angle begins. That's true. It's weird that like this is where they introduce Sable. Do you ever really think At about WrestleMania, it? WrestleMania huh? 12 well, is her first appearance Had ever. to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Now, the next match was actually a big deal to me as a kid. I still like it in retrospect because this is like... I like this, too. This is two big titans that had never really met. It's the Undertaker purple edition. Right. So he's still the zombie edition, right? Right. He was more dead when he wore purple, right? Yeah. I, uh, is that the deal with it? Because he had so. died at Royal Rumble? No, well, he was like resurrected. But he but he had dead powers. He always had dead powers. But he's, I, I he's a like, little more dead. So it's like every uniform change, Joe. The Undertaker's powers grow in magnitude. Yeah, so that's this true. Is, this is kind of like version two Undertaker. Yeah. You know, but, you know, like Biker Taker, it's maybe like version five. And each version right. is better. Well, he he didn't have lightning until purple, I think. I think right. that's the power he got. A new, new acquired. Yeah, Gray powers. Undertaker never had any fucking lightning. Now, anyway. He's, he's facing Big Daddy Evil here. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal is before this Diesel was still like flirting with like being a good guy too. Right until before WrestleMania. Right. He turned on Sean at MSG a couple of weeks before this to officially become a heel. Now, this is not the next pay-per-views where he grabs up the leg of that guy, right? <laughs> Butcher or Mad Dog of Sean's yeah. leg, yes. Yeah. So Diesel is a, a full-blown heel now after tweening around since Survivor Series. I really like him as this character. He's so good. Lot. Yeah. I remember when he comes out, he's like, I'm the shit, I'm telling you. Yeah. He does. You, he, he's you, so good. He is. He's basically... NWO Diesel. Right. That's essentially what it is. It's the same character as Kevin Nash. Look at the adjective. Yeah. Remember when he had the hat? Yeah. But that's something Big Daddy Cool as a bad guy would do anyways, wear an obnoxious hat. Because he just... Doesn't care? Why... Why is Kevin Nash actually, it, it bothers me in retrospect that I feel like he's not really like appreciated how good he was at his craft. Oh, I, I appreciate like, him I, I, 100%. Like, like even 96 WCW, even up to 97, I think people just have this big bug up their ass about when he was the booker in WCW. Well, that sucked. But, it sucked. But I mean, but, up until that point, I I think he's like an all timer. He's great. Yeah, Kevin, like, 
Kevin Nash is proof that it's not just about being a big guy because, like, look at all the other big guys that were failures. He, this dude, could cut a promo, had this natural charisma, right, and knew what to do in the. Ra- he was a smart worker. I thought he was one of the last good big men, to be honest with you, because yeah, until like, bro- like until Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, yeah. if you yeah. want to count him, yeah, uh, Nash was great. And when he knew it was time to wrestle and have a classic, he had he, him with Sean, yeah. Brett. I mean, he, I thought this match was great too. Undertaker, honestly. yeah, Undertaker and Diesel have a very good WrestleMania match here. Right, there's really nothing no, wrong recall, with it. Doesn't Undertaker have the mask on for this stuff? No, I think it's gone by now. Didn't the didn't the promotional photos have his mask on them? Yeah, maybe, but I, th- I don't think he has it anymore. Maybe that's why I always think he has the mask is because maybe. in the in the official picture of the I show, think he, he does. Has the yeah, mask on. right. Yeah. He wins clean. He tombstones Diesel and beats him, and that's like Diesel's last WrestleMania match. Obviously, he has one more match with Sean at. <laughs> Better friends or enemies or whatever that is. <laughs> Good friends, better enemies. Yeah. Better friends. Uh, and then finally, of course, our much hype main event. There's not a lot of backstory or explanation needed here. Bret Hart is the champion. He had won it uh, for the third time by beating Diesel at Survivor Series. And Sean and Bret had this understood feud for many years. Yeah, basically. Basically, since 92. Actually, since the Rockers and the Hart it's Foundation. It's a feud that was done so subtly and well, I thought, yep. through like the rare instances that they fought each other, that yep. they didn't really need to hype shit about no, this. No, they, they really just, didn't. It's like, no, it's Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. You know what that means the if old, you watch this show. The like, big intrigue, though, is that they're both faces now. So right. it's like Bret and Shawn admit each other grudging respect, you know, in the pre-match interviews and stuff like that. Now, now, Bret Hart is training. And he looks like an idiot and he's like slipping on ice and Shawn nope. Michaels is doing upside down, like, fucking push-ups or something on a wall you know they send me to run in the winter in calgary and i'm running on ice it'll look like i couldn't beat up anybody like an old man <laughs> his dad's me- beating him up my dad's beating me up meanwhile you got sean doing upside down pull-ups thought they didn't make me look good but i thought we could have a good match sean's doing like karate yeah gym with, with fucking jose <laughs> john yeah. so uh this was an iron man match that was roddy piper's decision when he was president right right because michaels had won the royal rumble brett was a champion now, yada, yada. to be clear earlier in the show At, uh, right before this piper is not the president anymore because he's wrestling so he can't right. be the president right before this match gorilla monsoon is reintroduced as president because uh, he was hurt by vader <laughs> Vader's nipple got taken yeah. off him. Yeah. So this is the return of right. Gorilla. So he's there for this. Uh, Earl Hebner is mic'd up and gives the instructions. And obviously, it's an Iron Man match, the first ever televised WWF Iron Man match. And uh, obviously, most falls in one hour is right. the winner and the world champion. Spoilers now, there's no falls in an hour. Yeah. So they have. I don't think this match is overrated. I think it's... It's just rated. It's just rated. It's, I don't I think, think it's, it's under. I think everyone, what everyone says about it, it's exactly. What it should be, it's yep. very good. It's very good. Um, my my problem with it, the no falls, and the fact that you can't rewatch it because if you know there's no falls, yeah. it's stupid. Unless you just want to appreciate the wrestling and the storytelling that they did, you know that's the only reason but to rewatch you, it. If you know going in, there's no falls in the main match part. There's portion, no entry. You're like, why? What? Like, yeah, I get it. Like at, when you're watching it live, if you've never seen it before at the time, every you were hanging on everything. Yeah, correct. But if you know that there's no falls till the end, then you're just all these pinfalls mean nothing. Yeah, it's like, just good pin, for a study. Yeah. It's just good for like yeah. a study of wrestling. Right. Now, I'm going to give them both credit. I've never wrestled, but I've gotten tired like running <laughs> right. up the stairs. They went out here mm. and fucking tore it up for an hour. It's not no, the best match wanna, I've ever seen. I want to say this about both competitors in this match. 
Yep. I want to say that I be- personally believe that at this point, at this very moment in 1996, that they were in the best shape of their lives. Especially Sean. But yeah, yeah. probably Brett, too, because right. Brett worked his ass off to be able to get up to Sean's speed. He's admitted, I mean, Brett right. yeah. was magnanimous about Sean Michaels and how he really respected him for being able to go an hour. And right. he was surprised that he was able to keep up and with Sean. Personally, Shawn. I felt like Sean only had about two years left where he was in this kind of shape. Well, yeah, pretty um, much by he, 98. He had, hit was- his, he had hit his prime, and then now. He was getting to the point where he was hitting the peak of his like endurance and mm-hmm. athletic ability. Absolutely. Right? Like which is it's normal for a human being. Yeah, and he was thirty years old. Yeah, he was exactly. So this is a great showing from both guys. It really is a great match. And uh, to any King detractors, just listen to some of the commentary. King's, King, fine King's on this. good here. He's good. He's not always good, but he's good here. And Vince is good too because they know they have to sell it as a wrestling match. Right. It's an hour. They have to like get into it, and they do. It was the, the hitman strategy to wrestle. And Sean trying to trying to get Bret Hart over. He's probably figuring that all Shawn Michaels was going to do was going to be flying around all that Mexican-style wrestling like he anticipated. He's not getting that out of Shawn Michaels. It's got to be a surprise to the hitman. Uh, obviously, it's bullshit because Bret Hart survives the one hour with no falls. But this is should, WrestleMania, damn it. Should be walking out of here, champion. You can't have a draw. Listen, if there was a draw at this show, Joe, you would. Can I, can I just say this? You wanted Brett to win, no? Of like, course. Win. Do you would, know would me? You have been pissed if it was a draw. No. Because, well, no, I'm just saying with the attitude that Brett Hart always said, you know, like, I'm so, I'm so noble and, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a real match, good match here and it's going to be, it's going to finish properly. You know, you know how Brett is. Like, yeah. doesn't that feel like. No, like, I think the Brett got screwed here and that he, he did what he was supposed to do. It was a one hour match. He didn't get pinned. He didn't have to walk back. What do you mean? Gorilla Monsoon was like, no, you have to. We're going to have a winner. What if he just got his lawyers and just said, I'm not doing this? He, I mean, he could have just done that shit he did at fucking Survivor Series 97. I'm just saying. Nevertheless, uh, obviously, Brett does get back in the ring. Right. Eats a couple of super kicks. And we have a new world champion and a very happy uh, 10-year-old Michael Quinn, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I had my Shawn Michaels gloves. There's a photo of this. dancing around. And yeah, I was like, what a moment. Glad I didn't know you then. What a package <laughs> yeah. this was. So Shawn wins, and he's the world champion, and I'll give both men credit. It's a hell of a match and a now, great showing. Now, from my understanding, because I, I always thought this was true, but I've heard actually it's been like debunked. What do you want to know? There's been this like long-standing rumor that Shawn... And as some people say they can see it on the show that he says, get the fuck yes. out of the ring or something. But like, yes, he does. But nobody like from my understanding in retrospect, like both Brett, nobody had any like grudges about that. That wasn't Correct. even a thing. Like Brett didn't care. Nobody cared. Like, no, like Brett has even said he's like, yeah, it happens, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fine. So like, I don't want to like, I don't think they they didn't hate each other or anything after this. No, right? they didn't hate each other until like mid 97. Right, exactly. So I just want to clear any of that yes. up that people might be like, oh, Sean's a dick. No, no, it's no, like, no, it was no. Just, They were in the moment. And like, Brett they, leaving all pissy was a work. That right, was that, that was, was intentional. Yeah. Yes. So like all of this, like everyone was on the level. Yep. Nobody was being an asshole no, 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 here. No, no. Like it was all fine. It was it was understood that like we had to give Sean a run. Like because yep. how do you build how do you up? not? Well, to me too, it's like Sean's the, having some of the best stuff in his life. Yeah. I think the decision was right here too because if you want to amplify the Brett and Sean feud for later down the line, you got to have him have a world title run. So that was like, the point. He's on like the level of Bret Hart, and so they're yes. equals. That know? was the whole point of yeah. Brett leaving pissy. So when he could come back, which he did, right, he could be all mad still, right. And this was part of a long term yes. thing. That right? was the whole point. Yeah, that was intentional. So I guess it's ranking time. Now I'm going to run them down for you real quick just to refresh you here. 
The worst one right now at number one is WrestleMania 2, followed by 32. At number three, WrestleMania 15. Number four, WrestleMania 9. Number five, WrestleMania 4. And number six, WrestleMania 13. Uh, Quinn, WrestleMania 2000, do we just start it against 13? Because 13's the best right now, and 2000's right. pretty good. Yeah. It's not great, but... So, okay, this is... Uh, this is hard for me, because okay. 13, right? I still think it has one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time, and I think that's what carries it through a lot. Oh, it does. I mean, However, Brett 2000 Austin. has some really good stuff. Albeit, though, these WrestleMania 2000 matches, these are mostly, like, fun things. The hardcore. Yeah. The Eurocontinental's good, but it's not a it's classic. Fun. It's fun. The triangle ladder is good, but again, would be eclipsed by TLC. Right. The thing is, though, as a complete package... I think 2000s is better. It's better, yeah. but would you rather rewatch 13 or 2000? Because the crap on 13 is forgivable if the crap on 2000 is I'll forgivable. I'll tell you this. 2000, to me, is still in the window of like rewatchable WrestleMania's. I always think up to 17 is like... That's the point when I can rewatch hmm. any of them. Okay. So, like, it's actually I've I've rewatched 2000 in my life. You know what I mean? And not had not had any problem watching it. It's, yeah, same me, here. I have. To me, it's it feels like it's still part of the classic canon of WrestleManias. I, yeah. I, in my brain, it's always up to 17. Is that's the classical? That's all the good ones. That ending though. That ending sucks. At least at 13, Undertaker wins the title and everyone's yeah. happy about it. Right, but at the same time. As a package, yeah, a package. Maybe 2000 is better. Uh, what do you think of there being no singles matches except Cat versus Terry on 2000? That's odd. I think it's emblematic of the era too. Fair. At the same time, no, I give you that. Like it, and actually, it's a very economical way of fitting everyone on the card, which is some, if this show isn't fucking four hours or anything stupid. No, it's normal it's, length. Yeah, it's you have to give it that. The pre-show is about the length of a normal WrestleMania now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the all-day-long thing is like how long... Well, the, pre- <laughs> the pre-show was an experiment. Yeah. It, to be fair, it and failed. all it was was just like them showing clips from yeah. a bunch of WrestleManias. Does that hamper no. it? I, no, I, I was just kidding, Quinn. Now, most people didn't even see that. No. So, uh, fuck. I mean, 13 has one of the best matches, like you said, like right. ever but, in but WrestleMania talk- history. The problem I know. is we're not talking about WrestleMania matches. We're talking about WrestleMania as a whole. I don't so, like 2000, though, even though it has good really, stuff. Like, objectively, I know there's good stuff on it, but I don't like it. Does that make sense? Like in my heart of hearts, there's a there's some stuff on here that really... Your heart just, of hearts? Just really warms my heart. I like, know, the Battle like Royal. The I Battle know. Royal. You love it. It's great. The, the Hardcore Battle Royal. Yeah, yeah. The Triple Ladder Match It's thing. very good. I really, really like the Eurocontinental. And, yeah, it's um, good, too. I know. You're naming good things. Like, those are things that I really enjoy on this show. Plus, the obviously, the Chester McCheeserton. Stop. You know how I like goofy things in my wrestling yeah. sometimes. And, like, to me, that's, like, an all-time stupid, funny thing. It goes, you know, it goes along with midgets living under the ring and things like that. And I, I love it. <sighs> and, to be fair, 2000's main event, the ending notwithstanding, it's still a good match. Yeah. The, the main event is fine. It's okay. It's not like, bad. It's better than Undertaker right. Sid. That's the one thing is everyone looks at the outcome, but the match itself the match is, is fine. pretty okay. Yeah, it's like, fine. Yeah. I hate to do it, but I think you're right. I think 2000 should hop over 13. I, I mean, hop under, hop under, under, yeah, hop under 13. Under Sorry, 13. that's what I meant. Because uh, scientifically, it's, I mean, 13 is a piece of shit other than one match. Let's rethink that again real quick. The Bulldog and Owen versus Mankind Invader is pretty good, but not as good as you'd want it to be. There's you know what I mean? Other, there's two other matches on 2000 that are better than that. Yeah, I know. Uh, what what else about 13 is good? Rocky Sultan? No. That sucks. 
the four-way tag match to open is okay, but again, okay. You that, know? that nation thing that's diminished that's because good, though. of its position on yeah. the card, though, and it just seems annoying. It's like, almost a toss-up, though, Quinn, between these two. The 13 more historical significance. Fair. Because of Brett Austin. Fair. But Tri- Triple H doesn't win the main event of 13. <laughs> but I can't... Honestly, 13 is one of those shows that I would fast-forward through all of it other than Austin and Bret Hart. Fair, but I probably wouldn't even want to turn 2000 on. That's me, though. That's me. Well, personally, I, I probably watch more than my fair share of the Chester McCheeserton and Hardcore Battle Royal <sighs> instances. Yeah, I understand. Because I think they're hilarious. <laughs> can this go either way? Like, can we do Champions Advantage to 13, or do we have to give 2000 the nod I think here? 2000 deserves the nod. I don't think it... I didn't think I would elevate 13, or I didn't think anything would hop 13, but 2000 throughout the final analysis, it's it's more of a, it's just better. It is. You're right. It, okay. It's like, it's like a better show. Within the context of the year 2000, it's disappointing, and it's not one of their better pay-per-views, but in the context of WrestleMania 13 and 4 and yeah. shit, yeah, it's better than them. Okay, fine. So WrestleMania 2000 now takes the top spot, which is the bottom spot, number 7. Right. But now we got to do WrestleMania 12, which another one, like... Why did this make it, you think? Just because nothing on it mattered except Brett and Sean? Like, okay, why did 12 listen, make it? We went through that card just now, Joe. Yeah. Everything. It's not that bad. It's not great. Joe, the pre-show match sucks. The first match sucks. The Roddy Piper thing. It's not is, good. It's not good. It's, it's not bad. Serviceable. It's just it's weird, and it's got that crap. This Stone Cold Sabi thing. It's not even the best of that, that feud. <laughs> and that's, that's true. I mean, if the that's... The Ultimate Warrior thing, fuck that. And it's got these two last matches that are... You know, Undertaker like I, Diesel's good. Yeah, but when we we just talked about rewatchability, the Sean and Brett is the ultimate unwatchable in rewatchable yeah, form. But okay, like, yes, yeah, but like, uh, it's the old. It, to me, it's the ultimate example of that. Like you can never watch this show again. But objectively, it's a great wrestling it's match. Great, a great main event. No, and that's why I don't think it's like worst material. But it's these other manias might be able to beat it. Well, like, what could beat it? Let's do that. Thirteen just, will beat it. Really, thousand will beat it. Really, thirteen will beat it. You think so? Seriously. Yeah, I think those two main thirteen and two thousand are better. Why is thirteen better? 13 I want to hear is, this. This is interesting. Thirteen that ma- that match on there yeah. so blows out of the water any matches that are even even the Iron Man match. Yeah, I think it does. It, it, no, it every, does. Every single match at twelve that you toss against thirteen, that one match will trump all of them. You really think so? Yeah, I really think so. You think twelve is worse than thirteen? Twelve is worse than thirteen. But yes. is twelve worse than four? Maybe. You think 12 could be worse than 4? Why is that? I, I'm not disagreeing with Here's you. Here's the thing is, you know, he, we tend to mention this, but we haven't mentioned all day in the rankings, is um, commentary. 4 is, that's four its saving grace, carried. man. It's it's such a fun listen. It is. And every match is short. Not There's to mention, of them. I will say there is an emotional attachment to Randy Savage yes. winning at the end. That's true. You got that. You got new tag team champions. Demolish matches, you know, it is what it is. But it's it, fine. It, it's, it's definitely, like, properly needed to be there. I would rather watch four than I would 12. Yeah. I don't actually, think 12's that good. And rewatchability. I think rewatchability is 12's biggest troublesome area. Okay. And and I, I would watch four before I'd watch 12. What about nine versus 12, Quinn? Now, I can't. Why? Oh, nine. come on! You just don't like ninety three. No, no, nine. Don't be a don't hideous. be a hoser. Why? What's wrong with nine? It's just Brett and Sean both have good matches on it. Well, okay. If we're looking at it scientifically, here's the thing: commentary's fun. Nine is the beginning of the decline. Twelve is smack dab in the middle of it. Twelve stinks. Yeah. <laughs> if you really think about it, the more we're talking about it now, I mean, well, wait. You hold. Here's the thing: is that maybe twelve actually would go up. 
now because 12 will go to four. Maybe t- I think 12 is worse than nine, nine possibly. I yeah. think so, Quinn. Yeah. Because nine is at least as a complete package, yeah. nine is consistent. Nothing's really that great. 12 is blah, blah, blah. Oh, the Ultimate Warrior, OJ footage, Brett and Sean. Well, the good uh, Undertaker Diesel, Diesel. Undertaker Diesel. But it's not a good package. Yeah. The way nine is at least like a consistent unique it's package. consistently declining uh, i'll give it that but 96 is just poop it's a poop hole during this period of time. <laughs> yeah i mean we're in the we're in the heart of the worst of what nine kicked off right like you know what i mean like we're really in the shits now can we be assholes are we assholes here are we db assholes if we put wrestlemania 9 as better than 12 even though 12 has the iron man match mm. it does have one There's really damn good match that nine does not and even come Diesel close Undertaker. to and Saudi As we've Austin. said with nine, there's no match that stands out at all. Shrinkers and Steiners. <laughs> you always bring that up. It's good. Nobody gives a fuck about that. Yeah, I know. It's Dude, good, though. That's a Pablo Melon special. That, that <laughs> something like that. Like, Brett Yoko's good. Don't it's okay. ever tell me it's not. Yeah. But it ends with Yellow Belly and like fucking like Hulk Hogan is with his boat eye wins. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it sucks. Yeah. But, okay. But the package. The package. Uh, the package as a whole of nine is good. Oh, God, this one's tough. Actually, I might not be able to. I might not be able to say twelve is technically better. It's not better, exactly. No, no, no. I mean that it's like right. I, you know how I'm looking at this. It's like I can't. I can't say that nine's better than twelve, but I also can't say that twelve is better than nine. If Cham- that makes any sense. Well, then like, champions advantage. They're nine. horrible, both of them. Champions advantage. Nine should be able to get the nod. Then, right? I don't know. Or because it's a draw, then nine stays where it is, and twelve goes right below it. Which is better than it? Doesn't matter if twelve is slightly better than nine. Is that going to like break your heart? Like it matters I, to me a lot. I feel like we should put it just stop it there because I don't think twelve is worse than fifteen. It's not. Fifteen is ass wipe. Right. All right. And, but I don't think like even if it. I think you no. could go either way with this nine and twelve thing. You can go so, your own way. Like I think maybe we maybe you should put like an asterisk. No, next with to twelve. Let's just just for fun. No. Just for the history, like history's sakes. Mm. Just put like a, like like WrestleMania twelve asterisk. It's <laughs> it's worse than nine. No, it's worse. Nine is fun. Nine is a fun show with a fun atmosphere. It's not at the put an asterisk pond. next to nine too, so that it's known that it's no. like they're equally. They could be. It's interchangeable. No, I I, I want to put. I want to make nine better than twelve because nine's a fun show. For from start to finish, it's really fun but and goofy. Iron Man match, you you just said yeah, but this. you just said you would never rewatch it. I never rewatch nine either. It Why not? Stinks. You're missing out. It's horrible. No, it's not. <laughs> Don't bring that up. Bob Backlund, <laughs> Heine dancing around, fucking the Poconos. No, just no. Togas, OJ Bob- footage, Roddy Piper wrestling, <laughs> the Huckster. This is why I I want to put asterisks on both of them and just say like. At this point, it can go either way. Yeah, all right. We'll it, just... It's not like one... Let's just keep the numbers mm. just just for the sake. But it's understood that they're interchangeable. How about that? All right, so we'll put the nine better than you're saying. Okay, good. So they're interchangeable, so nine can go... I don't care, yeah. All it right. It doesn't matter to me. All right, perfect. So WrestleMania 9 moves uh, down a slot perfectly. Okay, so <laughs> I think we're settled it's here. It's completely interchangeable. Yeah, totally. I like yeah. this asterisk. Yeah, thing. let's, go with, let's go with that. <laughs> okay, anyway, folks, our updated rankings now for this week. Make of... sure you note that asterisk. <laughs> Yeah, I'll note the asterisk. Our updated rankings now for the Royal Flush of the WrestleManias 
Wrestlemanias. Number one, it's still WrestleMania 2, followed by WrestleMania 32. At number three, WrestleMania 15. Number four, with an asterisk, is WrestleMania 12. Right. Number five, with an asterisk, is WrestleMania 9. Number six, WrestleMania 4. Seven, WrestleMania 13. And number eight is WrestleMania 2000. That is the worst WrestleManias as of this week. Be sure to let us know yours on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us or join the group of Quinn. When we come back, we're going to see the Prime, baby! It's the Prime, baby! That's coming up right after this. For the first time ever, experience the magic and mayhem of WrestleMania all day long. A 12-hour extravaganza featuring highlights from all 15 WrestleManias, interviews with superstars past and present, and live behind-the-scenes access where anything can happen. Order WrestleMania all day long for $49.95, which includes WrestleMania Live, or purchase the live event only for $34.95. Prepare yourself for WrestleMania all day long, Sunday, April 2nd on Pay-Per-View. Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin. You're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode number 127. Quinn, did you know there are other wrestling podcasts out there besides ours? Really? Yeah. They're <laughs> what, are they, what are they called again? Well, there's three of them that we really like, folks. We want to shout them out for you. These are another three shows that are scrapping along on the independent podcast circuit like we are. That circuit. Yeah, it's very circuitry. Uh, start with the wrestling podcast about nothing, WPAN, hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the business. One is retired. He's a referee uh, known as Mike Crockett. Most retired rep. Most very retired. Uh, he's joined each and every week by an active wrestler, ROH's own, the brawler, Brian Malonis. Madison Square Garden Zone. That's right, Quinn. A legend, really, at, at, at the Garden. And really, we're trying to get his Wine City Whaler nickname over one of these days we, we tried at the event we did at msg yeah. uh, so we're going to try to get that uh that name over but check out their podcast it's a really fun time because yeah. these two guys have worked in the business so they have that perspective but they're also fans and they bring a unique perspective and they talk about some old stuff some new stuff some current stuff check out the wrestling podcast about nothing and also check out if you like your critically acclaimed podcast i mean poof all the critics have really been talking Raving. about this pitchfork jay media. sherman yeah like all of them i just i can't believe that this explosive yeah. um, critical acclaim greetings from allentown yeah. that's right hosted by pd winston little baby pd it's got a 99.5 on rotten tomatoes and it's fresh yeah. it's very fresh yeah uh, and check that out because what PD does is he'll take an episode of old wrestling, you know, the stuff we like, old WWF, old WCW, maybe a territory, and as he reviews it, you're going to get all sorts of stories and anecdotes and asides that have nothing to do with wrestling whatsoever. No. It's and, really fun. And that's the best part of the show. That's the that's the appeal, and that's what the critics love, and you'll love it too. It's Greetings from Allentown. And if you like your retro wrestling with a tractor, check out our friends south of the Mason-Dixon line. It is booking the territory with Mike Mills and his crew they do two shows quinn yep they do two of them one is about the uh, nwa rocky mountains or whatever <laughs> what, what is it called the nwa crockett era yes yeah. and they also do smoky mountains nwa rocky mountains <laughs> oh that's both of them combined, <laughs> yeah see. exactly no but mike mills uh, does a great job he does two shows book in the territory with mike mills so our three friends of the show once again the wrestling podcast about nothing greetings from allentown and booking the territory but quinn yeah. This was your request because I know you love uh, this show. Okay, so after the couple weeks, and I know we had a better show last week, but you know what? We just need some sunshine some here. Yeah. Like, so just some 
soul food of wrestling. Comfort you know what I mean? food, right? Comfort food, right? WCW Prime, folks. What a show. What a show. We've only reviewed one ever, and it was in our second review, episode 12. So long ago. We Very need, long ago. We needed some Prime. Now, what the hell's Prime, if you're not familiar? Well, I'll tell you what it is. So back in 1995, on the Prime Sports Network, which yes. was a sports network. Hence the name of the show. <laughs> yeah. Prime. Uh, they started the show, WCW did, where they basically took matches that were filmed at their usual pro and worldwide tapings. You know, the spinny ring, all that shit. The spinny ring, Universal Studios, all that shit, right? Right. And they had Dusty Rhodes and Chris Cruz. Or Christopher Cruz, yep. and you can, sometimes he's called here. You can talk to him in our Facebook group. He's right. on it. They had them host it and do the commentary. The show is so fun because you put it once, Quinn, that it's like they came to work at like 7 in the morning sipping coffee and just like right. had fun doing this. Yeah, there's... A lot of, like, not editing the commentary here. Right. It's very, like, just whatever the hell's on their minds. Casual. Uh, casual, like, you know, a little talk about what's going on at WCW, but only because it's probably mandated from yeah. Eric Bischoff or something. <laughs> but, like, other than that, it's mostly them just fucking around. Like, it's great. It, I was saying to Joe during the break here, I was like, this is like if you and me had, like, hosted, like, a WF thing. Like, you know what really, I mean? Like, it is. This is what this show is. And it's also like, it's a, a little sprinkle in some, like, if Lord and Mooney got to do their Coliseum <laughs> right, right. gimmicks, like, in between all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's just everything that I love about mid 90s wrestling, like, all wrapped up in one. It's the least serious show that WCW did. Right. You know, because Saturday night was treated very properly during this period of time. Nitro obviously was the greatest night in the history of our sport all Every the time. Night, yeah. Pro was still treated like a regular Cindy and worldwide. This show is an anomaly. It really, really is. weird, it's, and it, it's really great, and I almost wish I could just watch all of them. Right. Honestly. No, it's really great, and this is from this is WCW Prime, April 1st, 96, a dark day for me, because the day before, Bret Hart lost the world title, like oh, we mentioned. I apologize. <laughs> so anyway, we open with a very proud promo for Prime Sports, featuring bowling. Yeah, great network here. <laughs> I mean, the sports that they show on this are just, they're all terrible. And no one like, watches it. It's like clearly like a very failed cable sports network. They never probably got the license for like a real league. I don't think they did MLB or anything the like that The realest thing they of. got was WCW. Let's put it that way. <laughs> WCW probably was the prime thing on the network. Prime. America's great sports networks. And now we get the actual WCW Prime intro, which is somewhat like tech-ish, like Saturday Night kind of. Yeah, it's also kind of sports scenery. Yeah. Like the, the, the music that's playing. Yeah. It's like it's like some weird shit. And Hulk rips his shirt off, of course. But he's in like a tube of technology or something. Like, I, I, it's like a Zordon <laughs> tube. And that's like literally how it ends. Yeah. Like, so Dusty happily welcomes us to Prime in his cowboy hat. Hey, welcome to Prime. This Dusty Road, the American dream. We got it all for you. They talk about uncensored. Already. It's so good. Yep. And Dusty says he's been out hunting eggs for Easter, and he brings in Rabbit Cruz, who bunny noses into the mic. He's got bunny ears on, and he just does this whole thing the whole time. He's like Kevin Dunn, you know, like that kind of shit. And he's like, I have an ostrich egg, a rabbit egg, a cat egg, a horse egg. That is the sound of a healthy rabbit. Have you been out getting eggs and stuff, brother? I got an ostrich egg. I got a, a rabbit egg. I got a cat egg. I got a horse egg. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Let me go on with this. Cow egg. 
I love this show. I know, me too. I love this show so much. That egg. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. Dusty sends us down to the ring where Chris Cruz is singing Peter Cottondale on commentary for some reason. I thought he went to go down and hide the eggs. Yeah, like, why is he, he say, there? He said that right at the end. He's like, I'm going to go hide the... You go down and hide the eggs, Christopher yeah. Cruz. Like, <laughs> like, and just, they just clip to the ring. Rabbit Cruz. So uh, Scott Norton enters to no real reaction. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't That's not matter. the point of the show. <laughs> no. I want to straight up say this. If you're one, thinking, oh, there's going to be great matches no. and great commentary, it's like... No, it's not really about the matches. It's no. about the commentary. Yeah, that's all it is. That- His opponent, Bill Payne, is already in the ring. Lock up and Norton with a side suit play to start. Mark Curtis is the ref, by the way. So Norton causes Payne to uh, feel some pain for a while as he now just talk about uncensored and that hideous triple cage yeah. match. Dusty says the mega power survived it. Are they even allowed to call it that? Because <laughs> they fair question. Like I thought they weren't I thought they were like mega something or well like, okay. they weren't that, I'm right? I'm glad you asked that yeah. because that allows me to bring this up. When they first teamed up in early ninety five, I guess they either didn't want to to be safe or they didn't call them that. So they called them the monster maniacs right, in ninety five. Yeah. But yeah, in 96, they called them the Mega Powers. Really? That's yes. interesting. So I thought Dusty was just doing, you know, the normal, like, he doesn't give a no, fuck because no. it's the Prime and he'll just say whatever. Like, <laughs> No, they actually called him that in 96. Huh, I don't know what changed. But yeah. anyway, uh, Dusty pretends that this Bill Payne in the ring is the same guy as this Bill Payne that coordinated the 96 Olympics. And I, they, something, <laughs> this, something about don't get him started. Yeah, on he's that. Like, like, don't listen to him. Don't, some, don't get him started. There's some kind of existing feud between <laughs> Dusty and the coordinator of the Olympics because <laughs> right. they were in Atlanta. So, of yeah. course, they know them. Right. All right, fans, this is uh, my uh, apparently weekly admonition to you to not listen to what Dusty had to say about Bill Payne. Bill Payne, the coordinator of the Olympics in Atlanta. Meanwhile, Norton puts Payne away with the powerbomb. Well, that was brisk anyway. That was it real it quick. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it, it, matter. It's, it's all about what they say during the matches. Just remember that. Remember that. And by the way, this portion of Prime is brought to us by brought to us by Pep Boys. Uh, well, you're talking like Dusty. Just It's like, <laughs> talking, it's like tempting, right? <laughs> talking like Chris Russo. Yeah. This uh, portion, Michael Love Prime, is brought yeah. to us by Pep Boys. Uh, right. Anyway, we get a commercial for a, like a jerky hick mechanic is screwing a pantsuit lady he's, over. He's like scratching his hair with a phone while talking about <laughs> prices. Um, is all that work guaranteed? Guaranteed? I, I, I can't hear you. Of course, the business lady, so that yeah. she seems more sophisticated, hair comb, nice yeah. business suit. The point is, go to Pet Boys instead yeah. of this hick. And then we get like a virtual reality-inspired Butterfinger commercial, but they also mentioned, Quinn, these were new, the Butterfinger BBs. Why did they take those away? I love did that they candy. Take them away? Yes. Did you notice also they said virtual reality bites, yeah. but like Butterfinger bites better or yeah, something? Some, like they, something they, they said something stupid. Also, why are they talking about virtual reality in 1996? Like that wasn't a thing till like now. Well, Virtual Boy was out. Come to think of it, you wouldn't want to play this thing in public anyway. You'd look like an asshole. Yeah, but I mean, the, <laughs> what they're showing is not virtual boy remember how the butterfingers were always like broken in the middle so finally they just started selling them that way yeah because <laughs> it didn't make any sense like it's like they always like when they put they were, them in the drugstore or whatever they're all fucked up yeah so. so they just started selling them in two pieces it was just a it was just a time saving yeah, measure means to an end yeah anyway some guy uh taps out a beat on a cooler with his friend so they decided to eat pringles about it now i remember these ads and i remember always as a kid like banging on my pringles exactly like them like, oh your mom must have loved that huh? yeah it does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're like drums. We got to get two of them. And, do, 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 do. and of course, as usual, there's the other jerk off not with them eating regular chips, Does like he- wiping the <laughs> grease on his 
shirt. Yes, that was always the Pringles thing. He'd wipe the grease on his shirt, right, or on his jeans or something. Yes. And then there would always be a little message on the bottom. Do you remember that, like a little disclaimer about that? No, what like, did that say? I don't remember. Oh, like after a certain point, they'd be like, like, like not Pringles or something. Let's say like, <laughs> it's like not as greasy. And now we talk about winter skinach with Blanche's mom or somebody. She's like, oh, use Gold Bond when God, your uh, skinach yeah. is in the winter. Yeah, they, they were aggressive about <laughs> very, that too. Yeah. Very emphatic. Anyway, hard cut back to Prime for uh, Kurosawa entering. Who? who is this? He was in New Japan. What? I'm surprised that our resident New Japan expert doesn't know who Kurosawa is. He was a champion once. He sucks. IWGP. He anyway, stinks here. He enters the ring to a thumbs down from some dork in a Yankee <laughs> shirt. His opponent is in the ring. It's Buddy Valentine. Oh my god, this... He looks like Paul Bearer dressed as Buddy Rose and Greg Valentine. That's my, my exact thought was he's Buddy Rose and Greg Valentine's yes. like baby or something. Seriously. Like, yeah, it was ridiculous. So Kurosawa attacks the start as Mark Curtis is still the ref here. Was Kurosawa in NWO Japan? Like, yeah, I feel probably. like, like he feels familiar, but I feel like he wasn't called this in I don't WCW. Know. Like, he had another name. Maybe. He probably did. Uh, Dusty says that when the giant closed on the Taskmaster, he fell off his couch, <laughs> but wasn't Dusty at that pay-per-view? <laughs> like, whenever his, that happened. He fell off his chair. Maybe there was a couch in the back. Fell off my couch. Yeah, really. <laughs> Kurosawa kicks all kinds of asses. Chris Cruz is saying that Buddy might be up there in weight, but he's definitely not up there in agility, mobility, or success. <laughs> I also, I swear Chris Cruz calls him Kurosawa. Yeah, like, probably. Like, he's Dusty. Yeah. <laughs> like, that seems like Dusty should be saying that, but Chris Cruz does. I want you to know that Dusty is very happy about everyone wearing their Easter bonnets today. Because that's what everyone... Yeah, Easter bonnets. What is the... 1800s? 1820s? Like, what the hell is he talking about? Oh, Valentine fights back with big fat chops and a punch, followed by a corner splash and then a drop kick? The yeah. announcers can't believe that. Dusty says that he was fatter than Buddy Valentine <laughs> over funny. here. Like, Dusty, like, proudly... Pro- I, was, I was bigger. I was bigger than him. And then Chris Cruz is like, oh, you were definitely bigger, but also in drawing power, he <laughs> says those words. They- you are bigger. I was bigger. You are bigger. Oh. I was bigger in stature and bigger in 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 uh, yeah, say it. You know what I mean? drawing power. Yeah. Yes. They, they shit on a lot of the wrestlers. In <laughs> they this, don't by the way. care. They don't. I love the commentary. Now they talk about the uh, Medusa and Colonel Parker situation. Dusty does says he would love to see that on Deprime, but they didn't pay for the pay per view, <laughs> so they can't show you it. Can't, can't show it. We didn't pay for the pay per view. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't gonna. <laughs> Why do they have to pay? They're the company that made it. He's like, we gotta buy it just like everyone else. Yep. Kurosawa with an axe bomber and then some arm work because before locking in the. Uh, Kurosawa Crush, which is an armbar submission for the win. Dusty, for no real reason, references Green Acres, causing Chris Cruz to become very incredulous. He's like, what? Green Acres? And then uh, Cruz brings up the Brady Bunch as we see the 1-800-Collector replay. Green Acres are... That producer said, you got a lot of young fans, you know. Yeah. So, so Green Acres, they probably be watching that all the time. Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. Christopher Cruz Bunch. Yeah. Again, I love this it's show. It's so good. Like, it's, it's so easy I, to watch, why, folks. It's, you know what the best part is? They, they clearly don't edit anything. No. Like, they just talk. They're not supervised. They're not <laughs> at all supervised. Dusty's probably it. the boss. Dusty's just out of nowhere <laughs> to say, ah, yeah, the Christopher Cruz bunch. Anyway, more commercials, as an old lady does not want to use vacuum bags anymore because she has her brand new Phantom Vac. It's got a canister. No more bags, asshole. That's right, and it's only two ninety nine CODs. Probably not. We don't, we don't do that. We don't do that here. Uh, promo for the IHL <laughs> Turner Cup. I saw this. I was like, wow, they really just can't even. They can't even get the NHL. The NHL, like, doesn't give a shit. 
They'll go to the shittiest networks. <laughs> They'll go to the they, food network. They don't, and they won't even go on the prime. People baby. barely care about the NHL, and we're putting the IHL on I'm television. WCW is the biggest thing on this channel. <laughs> Back to Dusty, where Cruz rabbits around behind him the whole time, and then He's puts like hiding an, <laughs> behind him and stuff. Puts an egg on his hat, Doing like and, a Kevin Dunn. And Dusty's like, is that a rabbit egg on my head? Yeah. Is that a rabbit egg on my head? As we throw to a clip of the U.S. champion Conan, narrated by Lee Marshall. Conan the Tiger, man. Yeah. Every clip, Conan looks like a complete idiot in his, like, shiny shirts and, like, <laughs> capes and hats. Yeah, and this is early mask. Conan. He looks so bad. And he does moves. That's, I like, the point, it. right? Yeah. Basically, the whole point of this video package is that he's good and people like him. Promotional consideration is paid for by... Karate fighters. Fuck yeah, I'm at good, that, definitely. Good toy. Yeah. Macho man hypnotizing you to eat fucking Slim Jims, you asswipe. You're getting sleepy. No way. Beef and spice. Snap <laughs> into it. <laughs> and then uh, dorky kids and a drill instructor play with super soakers. Weta is better. I remember that one. Yeah. Hard cut back to the road warriors. Okay. This is very weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. Animal is very excited that they're going back to Europe, and Hawk's like, yeah, Mexico, <laughs> which was really <laughs> funny. And then Hawk gleefully thinks about whooping all the Italians and Spaniards. What good faces I these know. are. Yeah, like, man. like, what is this? He just, he yammers on about like beating up foreign people. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this, the 80s? Like, we're gonna, we're gonna come to your towns, Europeans, and, and we're gonna your beat fucking your ass. ass. And then Animal makes fun of Euro Disney. And- <laughs> what is that? Out of nowhere. I know. Listen, you have to understand this. I do remember this. Euro Disney was a big joke amongst like everyone in the world. When it, it came was, out, yeah. Was, I don't know what happened. Wasn't it, was it just, new? Like, I think it went bankrupt like very quickly or something. Like, they <laughs> fucked up and like they just, they had to remove it. But still, like, you're Why are coming, they making fun of all yeah, that? Yeah, we're coming to Europe to like tour and hopefully you'll pay to come see us, but we're going to make fun but of you. But fuck first. you. Yeah. Oh, uh, what a rush. Commercial for the all new 90 series of the home repair books by Time Life. You can learn how to build a deck. Install a patio. Special low TV price of one ninety nine plus. Who, who would read a book to build a deck? <laughs> like this is something you do with a friend that maybe knows a thing or two. You don't. It's like, what are you building a deck and you got the book open? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what they want you to do. That's, that would take years. <laughs> They'll also give you a free Stanley tape measure, so I guess you can measure cool. the book. Cool. <laughs> you can see how big Amazing. the book is. You will learn how to build a deck your family will enjoy for years. The tricks of the trade to install a new patio. Call now to examine decks, porches, and patios free for 15 days. Quinn, get Runner's World magazine. What the fuck could they possibly tell you in Listen, a running magazine? I learned how to run at age three. No thanks. Hot tip. It's like walking, but do it faster. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's so stupid. Why do you need a fucking magazine about that? This is the era, too, where it was like, publisher's clearinghouse, that kind of shit, where they're just like, we'll give you a thousand magazines, and then once a year we'll give you a million dollars that nobody ever really wins, yeah. but like, these people on TV that... Epic man comes over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Back to Universal Studios for the prime, baby. Mark Starr comes out in his construction helmet. As Cruz brags about <laughs> Disney World. It's so good here, yeah. everyone likes Disney World. <laughs> what? Sweet and crowd. And Mark Starr, who's from Men at Work, the tag team, is like, it's time to punch that time clock. Time to punch that Time clock. Uh-oh, time Somebody to punch that time clock. Is he fighting Flava Flav? Yeah, I, don't I don't understand. Know. Where's the time clock? <laughs> I, I didn't like see him punch it. Way, it's behind the curtain. <laughs> His opponent is everyone's favorite, Sergeant Craig Pittman with Teddy Long. Oh, boy. Chris Cruz is like, you know, I used to hunt Easter eggs at the White House in the Army. That was a wonderful segue. <laughs> like, and then he doesn't even talk about the army part. Nope. He just talks more about Easter eggs. <laughs> Pittman's a face, by the way. I guess he turned face pretty quickly after he came in, right? Oh, yeah. He was face like most of the most time. Most of the time. I recall, yeah. 
Dusty and Cruz continue talking about eggs. It's great. This show. It's so funny. It's amazing. Mark Curtis, the MVP here, still the referee, as Dusty rambles on and on about all the good guys we're seeing on the Prime, even though they haven't done shit yet. Yeah, thanks, Dusty. <laughs> also, I want to mention that there's a there's a point here in all that Easter egg talk where yeah. Dusty talks about like something with Diane and going to her house. Yes. And like we're like, who the fuck is Diane? Who Diane he just is. starts talking about it. It's like, I'm going out to D- Diane's house after the prom right here and we're gonna have Easter eggs. She's got all sorts of eggs. <laughs> and then real. they make like egg what? references. You can't find her eggs? Oh, yeah, nobody like, can find her eggs. It's that whole ridiculous. thing. Does she have any eggs? She hides them everywhere and you got to go find them. Really? Yeah. Nobody can get to her eggs. Mark Starr with the waistlock takedown, and they roll around for a bit. Starr looks like Mike Awesome if he was in the smoking guns. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Pittman does a push-up. He sucks so much, Joe. <laughs> Pittman is horrible! I don't get it with him. I don't understand. He's terrible! I will say, though, Cruz calls some actual play-by-play for a little bit, and man, is he underrated. Chris yeah. Cruz is good. I don't know why they use cheese breath instead of him. <laughs> I know. Cruz has everything. The voice, the sense of humor, the knowledge of wrestling. He can be serious but goofy. He can do it all. He's really yeah. good. Um, so anyway, German suit play by Star is no sold. Yeah, what a fuck, Pittman. What is that? And then he does his own German suit play. Yeah. It's like it's garbage. And uh, Star rolls out of the ring back in and Star clubs away but gets headbutted to the dick region. Star retaliates with a kick to the face as Star's partner, <laughs> Chris Canyon, has come down to ringside and Dusty's like, it's got a hammer! <laughs> Dusty rules! That he literally, the way he says that, and I'm sure you'll drop it in, yeah. Joe, but the way he says that is exactly like, he's got a nonchalk! Yeah, like, he, he got a bicycle! <laughs> yeah, or he got a bicycle! Like, it, it's the same, like, Dusty, like, he's gotta. He's got a hammer! So Canyon hops up and tries to loosen the turnbuckle as Mark Curtis literally does nothing about it. Well, I'm okay with it. He is a man at work. Like, let's be fair. It, it is the gimmick. Can I ask, though, why Canyon is using a hammer instead of a wrench to loosen the turnbuckle? Can I also ask why the fuck Canyon's in this tag team? I don't even remember this. I thought it was somebody else. I, me too. Pittman rolls up Star as Canyon tries to interfere, but, like, goofily falls over trying to break up the he, pin. He, like, tr- Pittman, like, trips him while yeah, he's pinning the like Mark what a Star. bunch of jobbers yeah it's great your winner Craig Shipman <laughs> then like Teddy Long is outside cutting some promo while looking off to the side <laughs> Dusty literally mocks him for not looking Dusty is amazing he's like ah, Teddy, Teddy, where's he looking Teddy over here over, over here, here over here Teddy <laughs> that, Dusty actually says the destruction crew before catch, <laughs> he catches himself he's like I mean men at work still, yeah. still to come Ric Flair uh, but first 90s hair guy struggled with a very important decision to take the high endurance challenge from Old Spice, but he did it, and now he likes Old Space. The fuck is old deodorant? Old Space. Yeah, old Space. Sucks. My Donnie. Yeah. Prime Sports Bumper. They have soccer, and the Olympics, and biking. Neat. <laughs> More from Time Life Pilcher. Motherfucking deck, you shitwad. <laughs> deck thing. That, you know that's like a five-year project <laughs> if you did that by yourself with a fucking book. And a hammer that's, that you got from like, Canyon. That's like when your dad, when you're a kid, starts to build something and it takes like, it's the same like, it's the guy in the sitcom that's putting a fucking hot rod together for like six seasons. Tim like, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Five seasons. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right though. It's like all of your adolescence is spent with like your dad doing a project that he never finished. Like Dan and Roseanne 
building yeah. the boat. And that- they finish it when they're like they're starting to get gray hair. It's like that's like it's just ridiculous. They should have they should have had men at work do these commercials. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back that, to the that, prime. Yeah, Joe, we're we're getting to that age. We should really start to like building pick, decks pick, or just some kind of project. Right. Let's build a deck. <laughs> yeah. Let's build a fucking deck with a book. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, back to the prime as Cruz does his own dusty impression while the Barrio brothers enter the ring. Don't ask. The, what the fuck? <laughs> they look like Latin honky tonk men. <laughs> so these, men. <laughs> these guys are a uh, Ricky Santana and the Cuban assassin. Santana has a hideous mullet. Who are these people? I don't remember these guys at all. I, I watched a lot of WCW. <laughs> they were only on the prime, baby. <laughs> Their opponents are Rick Garcia and Mike Winner. Oh, what a great name, Mike, though. He is a winner. He should have teamed with Joe Champ. Yeah, Joe Champ, Mike Winner. Cuban and Winner roll around as Cruz mentions that Winner came from the power plant. Yeah, Dusty some... hypes up the power plant. Oh, for like so a hot great, set, baby. Yeah. So many you great you gotta be on top there. of your game to yeah. be in the power plant, baby. Don't you just need to pay like Buddy Lee Parker some money yeah. and then you get in? Is, is he the one that thinks he's like a major general? General or something. Yeah, yeah. that one. Uh, Santana Wears a hat while he's training. People. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Santana comes in and Rick Garcia does as well, and they exchange arm bars. As I noticed now, Nick Patrick is at least the ref. Good. No mustache. Yeah. Uh, beautiful escape from an arm ringer by Garcia as he leaps up on the rope and backflips off, causing Dusty to exclaim, Look at this! Who is this? Yeah, he literally doesn't know the name of the jobber. It's great. Like, who is that? Who is that? He's like Art Donovan. Yeah. Look at this. Who is this? That's Rick Garcia. Dusty brings up Manny Fernandez for some reason. God. <laughs> and then he thinks Garcia might know the Barrio Brothers <laughs> being from Latin. <laughs> being from uh, Latin. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. It's so good. Mike Winner is more like Mike Loser, as yeah. the Barrios double-team him and Cuban locks on a double chin lock. Dusty pontificates that the Barrio brothers would be better if they won more. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. And then he then segues into this story about how Barry Bonds and one of his teammates were so, so close yeah. to clubbering. They were so close to clubbering, they almost clubbered, but they didn't quite clubber. Again, Dusty is amazing. <laughs> he really is. He's so good. <laughs> He's also very confident yeah. that Barry Bonds watches oh, the yeah. prime. Oh, so yeah. He goes on and on about, yeah, Dusty, he, he watches the prime, baby. And then Cruz is like, was Carl Yastrzemski there? Yeah. Like, they don't give a shit. He's going to beat up a catcher. <laughs> they got some clubbering on a catcher. Garcia comes back in and kicks some more asses. I'm hoping that this jobber team wins. Roll up by Garcia on the Cuban, but Santana breaks it up while Nick Patrick was scolding winner. The Barrio brothers win after a double team, and Cruz is like, finally getting a win. They really shit on these Barrio <laughs> brothers. Great. They hate them. Not the Mario brothers, yeah. folks. The Barrio brothers. <laughs> Hurry into Pet Boys and get four tires for 109. That's a good yep. deal. Uh, next, little dinosaurs appear on the moon, I what? think, and eat Skittles. Maybe I fast-forwarded through that. <laughs> yeah, know. it happened. Yeah. Uh, high school kids dick around in a furniture yes, store. This, this commercial is amazing yep. because Randy Savage literally like comes through the roof. <laughs> like He bursts through the roof. He's like, Slim Jim, ooh yeah! yeah. All the lights explode. Like It's fantastic. <laughs> Eight-minute abs commercial, Quinn. It's got scientifically designed sequences, and it's just fourteen ninety-five. and you'll also get eight-minute buns. Listen, my family definitely had the eight-minute abs thing, and I think a lot of people's family <laughs> like, had that. Like, every, I think my mom did. Because I think the tape is like 15 bucks, yeah, literally. so it was like this easy like craze, and yep. you could just get it at like some shitty store, like Bed Bath & Beyond or something. <laughs> Walden Books. Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> Promo for WCW Motorsports. Uh, they've got NASCAR. They've got monster trucks. Wrestling fans don't care about this. <laughs> Why is this on the show? Sting in a car racer outfit. 
hangs out with balding <laughs> race car drivers as Tony the Tiger like tells us how important the Chris. Why is this on this show? Like seriously, this is so pointless. This guy's the driver, and Sting's like, oh, he's really good. We're gonna tell you about this in the coming weeks. No, no coming weeks. This is all you should ever say about. I hate this. <laughs> Promotional consideration is paid for by Hot Pockets. Try Lean Pockets too. And yes, this is the actual commercial yes, that, that played for like fourteen years straight <laughs> with the with the short hair yeah. at the end. Dangerous Minds is now on pay per view with Michelle Pfeiffer as we throw to Regal with Squire Dave Taylor and the Earl Robert Eaton. Yeah. Regal is very proud of this group, and he calls out everyone. He's like. Yeah. Hulk Hogan, Rick Flair, Randy Savage, like Arn Anderson, horsemen. everyone. I like how he's bragging that they won all these British titles and like zero people care. <laughs> Dave Tello was a British champion. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. They're better than the horsemen, he says. Better than the mega powers. We three are better than four horsemen. Better than the, the what is it? Mega powers. Yeah, Just beware. Some, some silly name. Yes. Yeah, and then we get a commercial. For the totally awesome sports collection. Which is a bloopers tape, by the way. From Choice Mark. You can get all five videos for nineteen ninety five. Just, just no, no. That is too much money for a bloopers collection. <laughs> they like show like guys racing on camels. It's like, real. Cars blowing up. And this baseball players. High school like, baseball. Yeah, high school baseball players running into the s- signs. and It's horrible. Promo for Prime Racing. The cars drive around, etc. I swear the music under this is a WCW jobber theme, You're by the way. right. WCW used a lot of public domain right, also. Yeah. So back to the prime where Big Bubba makes his entrance to a face pop for some reason. Looking very dapper, by That's the way. True. That is a good suit. Very nice suit. Yeah. His opponent in the ring is Steve Armstrong, the they don't bad even, one. like talk about him, by the way, which is weird it's, because so Dusty is going on, on and on on this show about rising stars. You know, people that haven't done so good in the 1996 day. <laughs> but like Steve Armstrong isn't like really a jobber. No. So it's weird that he just, they don't even, they mention, don't even him. mention him. He has yeah. bad hair too. Yeah. Nick Patrick is a ref again. Like you said, Dusty just going on analyzing like all we've yeah. seen are a bunch of underachievers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bubba with a spine buster as the announcers kind of candidly explain how Bubba is very talented but he has trouble breaking through the ranks that's like not even untrue yeah it isn't untrue <laughs> it's actually very true yeah. Dusty quotes some Willie Nelson song but Chris Cruz says it was Bob Dylan so that causes Dusty oh, to go boy. on some rant about how he was supposed to go to the Oscars but Diane had him booked for a personal appearance of the prime Diane? I don't know like and then Chuck ripped off his toupee and said what Bob, Bobby D yeah I talked to Bobby D the other day him and Scorsese and Chuck Chuck yeah. Hefton they all called me after Academy Award okay here's- they had a seat for him and I couldn't go because Diane had me on a personal appearance for the Prime. I cannot believe that. I said to Chuck Heston, I said, Chuck, I got to go do the Prime. Chuck said, what? He whipped off his, his toupee and uh, said, what are you I talking hate, about? He said, I love you, man. I said, yeah, well, man, I can't believe this. What, this all happened. What is all of that story? I love Dusty. I have no I, idea. I love him so much. Bossman Slam gets the win as Dusty says, bubber, <laughs> as we see people in the crowd. Yeah, and Dusty goes, who that? Who that the crowd? We said... That bubber. Who is that? Who them two guys? Oh, we said that bubber. He, I swear he says bubber like six times. It's so good. It is. And then Dusty's like, Bubba, to the pay window here on the prime. Time Life wants you to stop being a lazy fucking asshole and build a fucking porch, you flamwad. Still. still. Next, an unnecessarily aggressive commercial for classical music. It's classical thunder, damn it! 32 explosive tracks. Well, Beethoven, like, Wagner, Tchaikovsky. No, notice it ends with Ric Flair's theme. It I, does. And then, like, the next match is <laughs> Ric Flair. Turn up the volume. It's classical thunder, the most explosive collection of music you've ever heard. 
Back to Dusty and Rabbit Cruise. Uh, mm-hmm. Dusty said the primes rolled along, baby. The Easter parade has started. Where? <laughs> I don't know. But now it's time. For the prime cut match of the week. The Moo Match, baby. However, Quinn, Dusty calls it the Moo Rabbit Match of the week. Yes. <laughs> As they both do Kevin Dunn teeth noises. Like all, like both of them. <laughs> yep. Like they start doing it, like all, like running around in their like little area. Two ringside where Marcus Bagwell makes his way out looking like a total douche. You know, American <laughs> males, American males, American males, American males. He looks like such a tool. Like, horrible. <laughs> he really does yeah. with his, like, frosted tips and his looks goatee. Like He's such a fuck. Yeah. Anyway, Dusty's trying to do some promo for one of the sponsors, and he's like, the, <laughs> the road cat, the road collect one 800 thing of the week. <laughs> I like how Chris, he doesn't even correct him. Fuck the sponsors. He's like, uh, the road, road pet, uh, collect 800. Thing of the week. That's my deal. They literally were supposed to put what I had to collect over. Dusty gets every aspect of it wrong, and Cruz never says what I had to collect nope, at all. they don't fix it at all. <laughs> so, so and nobody cares, and nobody's watching. Like, no I bet one you watched won't even, this. I bet you what I had to collect didn't even check no, in. No, like, I don't know. Yeah. Ric Flair's music cues up, and he's accompanied by Jimmy Hart. Okay, what the fuck is this? I don't know, actually. Because they, they, okay, before he comes out, like, right before he comes out, like, as he's coming to the curtain, Dustin's, and he has a woman, and Miss Elizabeth, evil Miss Elizabeth with him, and they took the macho man's money, (laughs) and, like, he's, like, talking about all this shit, and then he comes out with Jimmy Hart, like, dancing around, like, yeah, baby! (laughs) And you're like, what? So, let's explain here. So, right at this point in time, right, this is, like, right before the NWO. Yeah, right. this is a month and change before the NWO. Right. And the big feud at the time was Ric Flair versus Randy Savage with the Elizabeth stole the money in the divorce. Turned heel. With them and, and woman's being like incredulous <laughs> the whole time, like being like very interference based, looking ridiculous. The head the, table. The, the VIP table yep. with the ridiculous candle this is that on era. it. Like all of that shit. Yep. Right. But like. Because whenever the fuck this was filmed, which we'll get to, yeah, was when that weird like was right before this when the Horsemen had that weird alliance with the Dungeon of Doom. Right before Uncensored, but this match was filmed then. And yes, by definitely. the way, this match also is filmed before Ric Flair's the champion. <laughs> it's the best thing, here, right? Quinn. So, so let's get into it, yeah. right? So, first of all, a light pink robe and a doofy mushroom cut for Flair. Yeah, Mark Curtis is the ref, and like Quinn said, Flair is the champion. But he doesn't even have the belt with him. And this match is for the title. Yeah. I like how they make a big stink about Flair defending the belt. <laughs> he doesn't even have the belt. It's, it's not there at it's all. It's definitely not they, for the title. As soon as he takes his robe off, they like very quickly yep. clip away to this like weird, like in the ceiling, <laughs> like back shot yeah, of him. It's real. Ref never raises the belt. No belt. But this is for the title, according to Dusty. Leading me to believe that this was taped in February before Flair even won it. Right. Seriously, it wouldn't even be out of character for them to use something that old. Yeah, it's true. Some Matt wrestling to start with Bagwell getting the upper hand with a hammerlock. Flair gains the advantage and walks around to throw some occasional chops and punches. And then Dusty starts talking about Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron and shit, comparing them to Flair and titles and stuff. I'm not even sure where he is going with this because he says so many names yeah, yeah. and shit. He just like, keeps ranting. It's just stuff. He just keeps saying things. <laughs> and then Chris Cruz acknowledges that we are in a new era of wrestling. Some people really like it, and some people think it's the worst. <laughs> 
kind of like now. I love <laughs> how the, candid they are. So good on this, <laughs> they really yeah. are. Flair bails after Bagwell gets a move in or something like that, and back in, and Flair does his begging off routine before poking Bagwell in the eye. Big back body drop by Bagwell, but he misses a drop kick. And <laughs> Dusty's like, "You can't make stupid, stupid mistakes like that." He also says Bagwell should study more tapes. Yeah, it's funny, which is the honest reaction. <laughs> yeah. This match is okay, by the way. It's actually fine. Yeah, uh, but Faro makes Bagwell look like an ass some more, which is fine with me. As yeah. uh, Dusty calls Jimmy Hart a smaller version of Lex Luger. I don't know what that's about. I, I think he's referencing how Luger's like the shady, weird, like fake heel, but yeah. also face whatever. I think that's what it was. Yeah, Flair misses his knee drop and heads up top. Of course, getting slammed off. As right. Bagwell hits a big clothesline, but Flair pokes the eye again and goes for a suplex. Blocked and reversed by Bagwell, and he perches Flair up top for a superplex, which gets a very close two count. Another clothesline sends Flair down, followed by a body slam. Bagwell tries a splash from the apron over the ropes, but Flair gets the knees up. Flair then hooks the figure four out of nowhere, uses the ropes for assistance, I love this. and gets I the love win. I love this ending. It's yeah. a really decent match. Decent I, match. I, I love how like Bagwell basically has him. He goes for like almost the phenomenal forearm, but like a splash. A splash version, yeah. But Flair lifts the 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 feet up and he can just hit that figure. It all makes sense. There's, there's a story being told in the ring about Flair being a veteran and, and being Bagwell. A, like I, I was like surprised at the competence of this yeah. match on the prime. Maybe. Probably like a two and a half star match. Yeah, it was if you're okay. Wondering. It yeah, really was okay. Uh, more commercials, more Slim Jims, a hundred grand commercial at a beauty pageant, which I kind of remember. What is this, 30s? Like, what? A <laughs> hundred grand? What, what are we talking about that for? You can also win some Disney shit at McDonald's. Yeah, there's a Tigger ad? Yeah, like, what, what the tigger? hell? <laughs> and uh, Joy Mangano here invented the Miracle Mop, and she really wants you to buy it. Yeah, go watch the movie Joy. This is Joy from the movie <laughs> yeah. Joy. The whole story of the Miracle Mop. It's a good movie. I enjoyed yeah. it. No, we, uh, we also have <laughs> on the air callers in this commercial like <laughs> oh joy you're wonderful uh, what a what a great invention and joy's like you can take it into the bathtub yeah. up the shower stall behind the commode you can take it into the bathtub up the shower stall behind the commode literally her commode. accent is like addressed in the movie too. <laughs> it's a great movie okay yeah. i'm sorry go watch it no uh, back to dusty and chris cruz what we talk about next week because there's going to be some big stuff happening we got wcw hall of fame inductees <laughs> the lethal lottery Slamboree coming up soon. It's a packed show next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Prime. And Dusty's got some parting words for us of wisdom here. He says, if you have a little rabbit, you should feed them because little rabbits turn into big rabbits and big rabbits bring love and affection to little kids. So love your rabbits. Yeah, you get little rabbits, feed them. Take care of little rabbits because little rabbits turn into big rabbits like here. And big rabbits bring love and affection to little kids. And right here on the Prime, your magazine Jesse Rose is telling you, love you rabbits. Come back and see us on the Prime. And then they end it. He's like, never do this, and grabs Cruz's bunny nose. Like, and that's it. <laughs> that's how it ends. That's all for this week of the prime, baby. This show was so fantastic. Great, fun. Always. I love this. It's you, great. If you can get your hands on to prime, baby, let us know. You should always yep. watch it. Any episode. Yeah, any it, episode, truly. Like, Everything about this was feel good. Oh yeah! Like I let after the show was over, I was like, "Oh man, happy Easter, everyone!" Right? Like, this is wonderful. <laughs> There's like, nothing wrong with this show. Yeah, like just nice show. Yeah, and it's always fun too to delve into right before the NWO era of WCW. Yeah, they're it's not just talking fun. about NWO all <laughs> right. the time. They're just like they're slightly talking about feuds, but it's a, a lot of it's about like oh these people are building up. It's like this is the yeah. show where they can come prove themselves. Yeah, I have no problem watching this. It's yeah. always fun to watch Prime yeah, the and commentary is just Dusty and Cruz un- are so fun. Believable. You can tell they genuinely like each other and they're right. just having fun doing this. Yeah, it's so good. 
So, folks, that will do it for another episode of our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us this week as we close out April. Next week, we will be back for May and episode number 128. But in the meantime, be sure to check us out on Twitter and follow us at OVP Podcast. Email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. I guarantee you, you'll love it. You'll have fun. And if you want to think about donating, head on over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast and see if you like any of the tiers there. But until next week, I am Joe Murata. That is Rabbit Michael Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya. Guess what, Hawk? We may be going back to Europe. Mexico. No, no, Europe, Hawk. Paris, Brussels, Belgium, Germany. But this is a world championship wrestling that goes all over the world. This means that we can not only beat up Americans, there's Italians to whoop, there's Spaniards to beat up, people from all of... What a luxury. That's right. Hey, all you people out there in Europe. Hawk and Animal are much more exciting than that stinking Disney World in Paris, France. You come wherever WCW is in your town, whether it's in England, Paris, Brussels, anywhere, you come watch just for the most excitement ever. Tell them, Hawk. Because you know one thing, we're the team that always says we're going to do what we do, and then we get the job done just for you. Uh...